Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. It's June 7th, 2019. Welcome to a special edition of Soap Party 411, Sin Anniversary Edition. Hope you're all having a good night so far, and I hope that some of you will call in and uh, talk some sin with us. The number is 605-562-0444. Show ID is 128003-POUND, and press star 2, and it'll let me know that you want to come on and talk sin with us tonight, which I hope you do. So, coming, oh, let's see, so... Who would have thought that the serial killer Ben Weston and Sierra Brady, the daughter of the iconic couple Bo and Hope, would have made a good pair? Well, clearly Ron Calavati did, but even he couldn't have foreseen the popularity that they would have from a simple promo. In June of 2018, when these two crossed paths from very different places, Ben was dealing with his past, trying to make amends, but was forced out of Salem, ended up in the right place at the right time to save Sierra's life, who herself was dealing with some pain of betrayal of Claire and Tripp and still dealing with the effects of being raped. This couple, to me, is much more than your traditional soap, good girl, bad boy couple. There's so many more layers to this, which I'm sure we will get into tonight. So um, I hope some of you call in who have um, shipped them from the promo because... They clearly were shipped from the promo, which I'll have to admit, I wasn't one of them. I thought it was rather funny that people were shipping them just from a promo, and I can't wait to get everyone's opinion to see what about that particular promo had you shipping them. So let me bring on my regulars here real quick. Hey, Daphne. Daphne, you there? Yes, I am here. So, um, let me bring on Karen real quick. Hi, Karen. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Looking forward to this. Yes. So, um, so, Daphne, I'll start with you since I brought you on first. Um, did you ship them from the promo, or when did you start to ship Sin? Um, I started from the promo. I started back watching days right when Ron started, when Ron was announced. But sometimes I get behind in the show, or I get behind in all the shows. So I don't remember... I remember seeing the promo. I remember you sending me the promo and going, look at this. There's a whole lot of, you know, people talking about this couple, the promo. 
and I was going, wow. So the promo got me hooked in, and that's kind of rare for me to get hooked in to a couple from a promo. I mean, I can get hooked into a storyline, into scenes, into things, but to have my interest peaked about a couple from a promo, to me, that's one of the that's one of the best promos I think I've ever seen, you know, from a show. But I did get hooked in from the promo because it did pique my interest about this couple. Not even one word was said in that promo, you know. So I did get get started with them, and they piqued my interest just from the promo. And that's the funny thing, and, and I think even Rob has said it in interviews in the past where, like, one of the first interviews, it's like they had a following. Like you said, that she was still sleeping. Mm-hmm. She hadn't even woken up yet. All he did was pick mm-hmm. her up off the ground, and people were going crazy. I remember being here because I, like you, I was a little behind at the, that point in time, but I remember during, during our Sunday podcast, we talked about it, mm-hmm. and I was kind of laughing, like, um, from a promo, seriously, but... And once I watched it, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm good to go. I mean, I, I personally, I mean, of course, I'm a Sierra fan, and I was a Ben fan in the past, too, so it it wasn't that hard for me to like the both of them. And, of course, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny going back now, given the year that we've had, and we, we thought they connected and had chemistry in the cabin when, when we first saw them, but it's very interesting now to go back with the with the context of the last year and see how much they really did connect and that foundation was laid even then. How about you, Karen? Yeah, actually, uh, they're what brought me back to Dave. Uh, I was actually uh, kind of boycotting, as you probably remember me saying before, uh, boycotting GH for a while. So <laughs> I was looking for a new soap, and um, I had watched Days in the past and had watched uh, YNR. It wasn't grabbing me uh, at the time and then this promo came out and my timeline was just lit with everybody having this promo out and there and so it wasn't exactly the promo at that moment it was just everyone talking about the promo and then I watched the promo and I'm like oh my gosh this 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 is really intriguing and I really didn't honestly know that much about um, Ben too much I'd seen like one or two scenes because like I hopped back in and out of days if I were was off during that period of time and I just kind of you know bounced in here and there but it really wasn't watching it at all and I just happened to see him one day but it was during like the serial killer reveal and um so I knew that that's who he was but I was but just seeing that that promo um was interesting too because as it is in in the promo it is said you know hey I'm changed and I'm like oh this is interesting okay uh, and then putting the two of them together when he picked her up it was like ooh <laughs> what's going on with this and and so that drew me it really did draw me in personally. Let me grab this caller real quick. Let me pause you for one sec. Hello. Hi, 305. Welcome to Soap Party. Hello. How are you guys doing? Oh, you fooled me again. Hello. Hello. It's Peter. Yeah? I don't know. Hey, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised you're here. I don't know if you were going to be interested in this show or not. Oh, oh I'm interested. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited. I can talk about sin for hours and hours and hours because as you guys know, I don't. 
just like what Karen was saying, you know, I, you know, GH is boycotted in my home. And the reason why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for many of you guys, listeners, Carrie, that hear me say that every week, it's a long list of reasons, but the number one reason is the treatment of my favorite super couple, couple of soap operas of all time, Jason and Elizabeth, the way mm-hmm. they have been politically kept apart for the, from the powers that be is why I do not watch General Hospital, the number one reason. So to have this couple now with days is kind of like a consolation prize. And I tell Carrie this all the time. It's kind of like it's a gift to the liaison fans having sin because – I wasn't watching Days. Not only was I, like, not watching Days, but I had stopped calling into the Soap 411 podcast because of work. So right when I started, the week I started calling back in was the week the promo dropped. So everybody on the podcast was talking about the promo. I'm like, what is everybody going crazy about? I saw it, and I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> so, so you were from the promo, too. I, I was Absolutely. late to the party, but but I but I was but they got me on day one though. I'm like the first scene in the cabin. I'm like, okay, I, I can ship these two. And 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 there were times, you know, of course, over the last year that it was it was a little like you know you want to pull your hair out and all that. But I think as far as how it was written, um, like I said in the opening, it's it's a little more than your typical bad boy, good girl type thing. I mean, he's a killer and she was raped and all that. So I think. They had to tread very carefully and lightly. And, I mean, of course, because of their taping schedule, like I said, Ron obviously had a brilliant idea, but I, he couldn't have known that it would go over this way. But I think all the beats that we've gone through are necessary to bring us where we are today. Absolutely. Absolutely, because, <laughs> too, I, I wasn't watching – when Rob took over for Ben. Like, I wasn't watching days because, you know, I went through my periods of days where I'm kind of like, you know, I think a lot of days of Oz fans where it was good, it was bad, and it was one of those out periods where I'm kind of like, I can't take this. <laughs> Less than when Ron Calavati became head writer, that's when I knew, okay, I'm tuning back in. So I had started keeping mm-hmm. up with the show, although I knew what Ben Weston had done because, of course, Will. I knew that when one of the writers at the time decided to kill off Will, and it was a, this big controversy. So I knew who Ben Weston was. I knew what he had done, but I had not seen Rob's portrayal of Ben. So I had to catch up with Rob's portrayal of Ben. So I was coming in new from all different sides. And Carrie's mm-hmm. right. It's like this is something that you can't no, script this. This was something much higher at play. Mm-hmm. It's just some things you just, you know, the universe is just all in. You can't make it up. It's once in those lives. I mean, it's a really magical moment where so many things aligned. And when you see those two, their chemistry and the fact that everybody said it to them, their very first scene together, I was watching an a mm-hmm. interview from Rob. And this is when we were all falling in love with him, and Rob was like, I guess, one of the camera guys, one of the key grip guys. Like, their first cabin scene, when they ended the scene, the guy walked over to Rob, and he was like, I don't know what it is here, but this is something special. And Mm -hmm. it is, and just everybody knew it, and then here we are today, (laughs) a year later, and it definitely is. 
like I said in my tweet, that the meaning of sin a year ago had a very different meaning. And now it's cool to be sinning. It's a good thing. It's okay. <laughs> and, but, but, and let me just say, <laughs> let me give out the number one more time so we can get some more people on the call. It's 562-605-562-0444-128803 is the caller ID. And press star 2 if you want to join us, like I said, which I hope you do, so we can get some new voices and perspective because – we hear, like, like Peter says, we can talk sin 24-7, and, and believe me, <laughs> offline, we, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and we do, absolutely. They're my screensaver. Like, I have, you know how you can have two screensavers for your lock and your home? They are uh-huh. my lock screensaver. So every time my cell phone locks and I have to put in my password, I see sin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay, because Susie in the chat room knows all about lock screens with sin. Susie's in the chat room. Every time I say to Susie, Susie, what happened? Uh, yeah, I'll say to her, what happened on such and such a day, or did this happen? And she'll have, the, she'll have. You know how we call to your receipts. Susie's my sin receipt. She'll have me with the information in a hot minute. Let me grab this caller real quick. I see someone with their hand raised. Hold on one sec. Hi, two one zero. Welcome to Soap Party. Hey, this is only one Tony D. How you doing? Good. How are you? Um. And I, you know, I know we're at the beginning, and to be honest, it wasn't the promo. I was kind of in before the promo. Um, I had just, I myself had just come back as well because, you know, I, I've been watching soaps for, we're not going to do that because that would tell my age. Um, <laughs> for a long time, and um, Days has always been one of the first uh, soaps that I ever watched, and, you know, one of the last times I remember being fully in love with Days was, like, so long ago that Kirsten mm-hmm. Storms was still Belle. Like, yes. I, I would watch periodically, hoping they'd get me back in because of my Jarlena and my Bope, and, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. just never fully clicked for me, and my Sammy, of course. Um, but it never fully clicked to me again because I just, I, the energy wasn't like what I remembered, what I used to love. And General Hospital ended up pulling me in at one point, and we're not going to talk about that because I have a yeah. ship, I have shipmates <laughs> that even beat you, sir, with Jarley, but we're not going to go there. Um, but, you know, I kind of bounced in and out of different soaps, and, and, and then my friend told me that days was getting better. You know, they told me about Gabby, and they told me about Jarlena and kind of what was going on and, you know, all this fun stuff. And they told me Baby Boat was coming back. That's my nickname for Sierra. And I was like, oh, yay, Baby Boat. Let me see who this new version is because I kind of did not really feel the old version. Um, Lauren was my Sierra before that. You know, I love that kid. <laughs> I don't know who doesn't. Um, but I friggin' loved Lauren's and then I, uh, on Vivian's, and then I was like, let me check her out. And I saw her, and, like, something about Sierra just kind of, it felt like she finally clicked to me. There was this, like, thing that had been missing. I mean, the old Sierra, she was too soft. There was no edge, I felt like. You know, I mean, the story that she went through was edgy, but she herself wasn't. So I was kind of watching for her and a few other things, but I wasn't all the way in yet. And then that picture dropped. Um, the one where he's 
sitting on the bed, and she's sitting on the bed, and they're not even facing each other. And I was just like, oh, my ovaries, this is pretty. <laughs> please let them be able to act together. Please let them have chemistry. Oh, my God, please, 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 I beg of you. And then I, I came up with the hashtag of CN, C-I-E-N, because C-N in Spanish is 100, and they were 100% the most beautiful thing on soaps. <laughs> and yes, then the promo came out, and it was like, okay, this is, this is even better, but I need to, I mean, I feel like there should be chemistry here. I feel like I'm feeling something. Please let when they talk, it work. Because I've had so many situations where, like, yes, this is going to be it. Oh, I'm going to shit this so hard. Mm-hmm. And then they talk, and I'm just like, or, like, you actually see them in motion, and it's just like, go back to being a picture. Go back, go back, go back. Go back. <laughs> and I was terrified that that was going to happen with Robin V. And then you actually got to see them physically interact, and I was just like, this. This was what I was, oh, everything my soap heart was waiting for was just, oh, it was such a relief. Well, yeah, they certainly just didn't disappoint. Hey, Tierra, I brought you on. Yeah, I heard it. Hey, Sin City. Hey, Tierra. Hey. Just want to come in so my support pretty much, and I'll tell the story after the next quarter. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Talking sin, I couldn't, I never, I'm never better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gee, whatever will we talk about? Hmm, I don't know, this is going to be tough. When, when I was thinking of the topics to talk about and stuff, I'm like, how that, you know, they're so good. I mean, like someone had said something to me at some point about eye sex. I'm like, isn't that every day? And it's mm-hmm. like, stipulate every damn scene they do is fantastic. It's like, okay, we're going to narrow this down. Let me grab Sarah real quick. <laughs> hey, Sarah, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. here. And, and you do know hey. that Sierra and Ben, because of their challenge, um, or at Sierra and Ben on Twitter, because of their challenge, made day two, what is your favorite eye sex scene? Mm-hmm. So it is now officially I Fuck Friday. <laughs> see, I see. There's a few people, of course. Obviously, couldn't do this without all the sinners. But there's a few people that I obviously talk to on a daily basis. Daph, Tia, Peter, are with me all the time. Sarah and Susie on Twitter. We we do this 24. I mean, you could literally get up any time of the day or night and just go on Twitter and. Talks in if you want. It's perfectly. Twenty-four perfectly hours in party. That's right. <laughs> so, um, Kimberly, let me get you in here real quick, and then I'll go to Sarah. Um, uh-huh. When did you start shipping them? Uh, you know, I started shipping them just like I had tweeted for day one. As soon as he was walking through the woods and he was listening, he was, you know, reminding himself what Chad was saying to him about no one's going to want him again or no one's going to want him back in town and all that crap. And then he sees Sierra laying on the side of the road, and I was like, oh, yeah, 
I think I know where this is going. And I was like, oh, buddy. And I literally screamed at my TV. And I was like, yes, he's staying because I've always loved Rob. You know, I was like, yes, he's staying, one. And then, two, this is the shift that I know is going to change my life. And it literally has. Like, it's just craziness how much I love these people. It's just it's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's like you said, I mean, obviously, like you said, Tony, I mean, every one of us on this phone obviously is a soap fan, and we loved couples at one point. I've, I mean, Shaq Lee is on your name, but Bo and Hope were my first, before a super couple was even a thing, Bo and Hope was my first thing. But it's like, I think social media definitely has changed the way we interact and ship too, and it's like, I don't remember what I did before a year. Well, I, don't, I never watched a soap for one person or couple. I, I, like, when they're not on, I'm like, oh, my God, where are they? Come on, where are they? they, they mm-hmm. It is the perfect story right. between Ron's writing. Their, I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen people with chemistry before, but, man, it's off the charts. Their, their chemistry this is, is another level. It's something that's really weird because it's like Robin V specific because they have that chemistry, strangely, off screen right. as well as on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it's like, that's you fine. know that they have their own situations outside of work but they're so in sync in like right. real life that mm-hmm. it completely right. can be a mind fuck at times like right why then aren't you guys just giving us beautiful babies outside of like in real life too <laughs> just exactly just, thing. just on and off screen just make our whole lives about you let's just do that it's true <laughs> i tell carrie all the time i'm like wait for it. i'm uh-huh. waiting for it. it's like i'm hey, waiting wait a for the day that that is, wait a minute. That, Are you going to out our private conversations? Absolutely. I'm waiting for oh, the day. Okay, we're we're amongst Sin fans. We are amongst Sin fans. I'm waiting for the day that they announce that Rob and Vicky is either a couple or they've had some scandalous affair. <laughs> because it, it's one, it, 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 it happens all the time. All the time where actors, they meet, they have their own situations, and they end up together. And this is a perfect example of two people that were destined to be together. Like, they are so I, there, there is They no have his other... first jacket. They have yeah. his yeah. first perfume. Right. They They're both so have similar. tiny dogs named Lola. They're both Scorpios right. born a couple weeks apart, like, with a decade in between. Like, what exactly did you not, like, link up between right. the two of them? They've got beautiful right. eyes, so gorgeous smiles, long, gorgeous yep. dark hair. Like, exactly. what exactly isn't a like between the two of them? They listen right. to all the That's same true. music. Like, right. what? So let me uh, grab this other caller real quick and then we'll start talking because there's a few things that, in, that when I went back and watched the scenes, something struck me, but let me grab this caller real quick. I think I know what this is. Hi, 773, welcome to Soap. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, 773, welcome to Soap Party. You're talking about sin without me? Are you kidding <laughs> You know well, well, no, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw sin up and down my timeline. I'm like, oh, my God. So here we go. <laughs> well, and, and that's different than, how, than when? <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. This is Soap Fan Fiction. So hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hello. Howdy. So... Before we get into the chemistry, we had a story, Carrie. I think Tia was waiting until 
all the guests introduce their stories of how they came into sin. Um, yeah, and then we'll get it. What's that to you? No, no, sorry, I didn't hear. I was sorry. Yeah, um, then I, yeah, well, I'll get to you, then I'll get Stephanie, and I'll check the board for any callers, and then we'll get into the, we'll start obviously from the beginning. That's the best place to start. Um, so, Tia, you said you had a story? Did I, did I twist? Oh, Are yeah. you going to tell everybody I twisted your arm? <laughs> no, you didn't because for me, well, I'm, I, I think I'm just a part-time shipper. I'm not like all y'all hardcore shippers to this point. I think mm-hmm. only, probably it's different for me only because I was one of the few who actually did like tripping Sierra. So when she got locked up in the cabinet, I was like, I see the chemistry. So I was seeing that. I feel like the first scene I really kind of like said, okay, I was opening up to it is when she told him about the, the chase rape. I think that's uh-huh. when, that's when he started really connecting with her, like, oh snap, she really did with this, and that's when he noticed how broken she really was. And I think she admitted that she didn't trust anyone at all. And that's when he started. I think that's when his protective side came over for her, like he don't ever want her to be hurt from anybody again. And I think that's around the time when I said, okay, I'm really believing this bond because they just—it's just not just a normal thing. Hey, they just have chemistry and let's just put them together. They were really bonding and having experiences together. And I even like that moment from June 20. 20- First, I believe, when she tried to touch his face, but he wouldn't let her do it, and it was showing again how damaged he was and how scared in the way he was for someone like that to get close to him again. So I felt like during those scenes, that's when I really loved it. And I like that he didn't, you know, hold her hostage. Like I've seen some couples, I won't mention them on air, where people kept them hostage and it became a love story, you know. It, it didn't happen with him. He gave, he gave, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not saying, I'm just kidding. He gave her the choice every time to leave. He said, you need to call your mother. So it's not one time somebody could be like, man, he really kept her in his cabin. She wanted to stay because she really didn't trust anyone at all. She was just a broken girl and, you know. And for me, I have I didn't really like Sierra Carrie in general. I think probably Carrie would agree when she first came back. She was pretty much terrible to everybody. And I was like. Ooh, she was I, mouthy to hope. Just, There's a few times yeah. I wanted to slap her when she was so mouthy to hope. Yeah, I, I, I was like, okay, dial it back a bit. Not that I was Team Claire either, but I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you screeching for? But, yeah, I definitely think, you know, she that was, was going that through was something. For me. Like, she was, yeah, she was really, she was just really terrible. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I guess the trip, I guess that was the first time I'd seen it, but when she really got with Ben, I really believe her personality really shifted to a way much likable character because I just I was just was not a fan. I wasn't, I'm not slamming the actress. I just wasn't a fan of the Sierra before Victoria. Then I was. Then this one started off bad. I was like, oh my Jesus! But then she started she started getting written better and didn't have her mm-hmm. in the storyline and have her in a big relationship like this. Who would have ever thought Sierra would be in a big relationship like her mother Hope and Bo? Like who would have ever assumed we would see a story like this for her? So I think that that's where, like, I kind of just love their chemistry and I like the story, and I hope it keeps going that way. Well, and that's the thing, and like I said in the opening, that's the whole thing. It's, you know, it's your typical bad boy, good girl, but there's so many more layers to it because of his past, and we'll delve into that as we go along, too. And like you said, it's like, and I think because Ron took his time and crafted it, they didn't mm-hmm. just force it and tell it, you know, for so many reasons. So, Steph, when did you ship? Uh, I was driving down, you know, this back road, and there was this girl on a motorcycle, and she crashed, and then this hot guy came into the side of the road, and that was pretty much it. You know, he just stood there, all his hotness, and I was just like, you can rescue me, let me go crash my car right quick, but he got to the girl first. So, what could I do? 
So I followed him to the cabin and just kept looking in the window, and he stood there in all his hotness. And you know, he kept taking his shirt off, and I was like, okay, that's good for me. And I didn't want to see like a peeping Tom, so I was like, why is she strapped to the bed? That could be me. You know, but he only likes damaged girls, so I tried to break my own leg, but no one heard me out in the woods, so... <laughs> what could I do? It's, it's, ba- it's barely 9 o'clock, and you people are getting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> when you bring um, them in, that's what happens. <laughs> so, you know what I find interesting? In those first initial scenes, so she wakes up with a serial killer, and rightfully, she's scared out of her mind. But you know what I find interesting about that? She's scared, but then there was some, and this will fall into, I know one of the things, you know, topics I had come up with it was funny lines. One of the ones was, um, when he was talking about um, getting pretty much pushed out of Salem, she's like, oh, what's the matter? You're upset they didn't throw a parade in your honor? And I'm thinking, you're with a serial killer. You're rightfully scared. But yet, if you notice, there was many times where she was very sarcastic and, and spitfire with him. Although she's with a serial killer, she was throwing shade left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that really connected for me with Sierra, I always liked that she came back with a chip on her shoulder, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like Vivian was too soft. And I mean, Uh I think they came in a little bit heavy to try and show the difference in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I always felt like there was a reason. Like, she, we know she's never dealt with the rape. We know she, it makes sense Mm -hmm. for her to have this chip on her shoulder. So, yeah, she doesn't trust anybody except Theo because he's the only one who she's ever fully felt would never betray her, you know. And then so she's focused 100% on getting, this, getting to this place where she can feel safe again and feel normal. And Theo makes her feel safe and normal. And the only obstacle is Claire, who betrayed her by keeping the letter away from Theo, you know, who was another person who she thought she could trust but now finds out she can't. So it's like she feels like everyone that she can trust is gone. Her dad is passed. Her brother's off doing grown-up things, you know, except when, you know, except he gave her, I guess, a couch to sleep on, but that's not her home. She tries to go back home, but her mom is the one who brought the rapist into their house and then married his daddy and stayed with him even after the rape. Like, this weird things going on with the Aiden situation. And then so, like, the trust there had to have been broken even if they never fully spoke of it. And then, you know, it was her stepbrother who did it to her, and then her best friend-slash-niece-slash-sister-ish type person you know, was kind of a rival for her, for the guy she wanted and did what she had to do to get him instead of her. So, of course, you know, can't completely trust you either, you know. Only one who'd never really done her dirty or ever betrayed her trust was Theo. And she had mm-hmm. been bottling this stuff because she never really finished her therapy because she, she wasn't ready to deal with things. And so I think she got to a point where the chip got so big she was kind of ready to deal with it, but the only person she trusted was Theo. And so she kind of created this love affair in her head that she thought would fix everything and be like this magic Band-Aid over her heart. And then Theo was still in love with Claire, though, because they've had this whole experience with Sierra gone. And it, she didn't get the, he didn't get the letter until 
Claire was pretty sure that he was going to choose her anyway. So, I mean, his, their chance was kind of thrown off. And so, like, the only person she trusts, she doesn't know if she can still trust him completely because he didn't choose her. And if the one person you trust and feel comfortable with and who makes you feel normal doesn't want you and you feel like you're weird and broken, whoever will, you know? And I feel like a lot of her aggression came from that kind of chip on the shoulder of Claire is in the way of her finding normal. Claire's normal. She can find love anywhere. She can get well, normal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I normal. call Claire normal. I'm not. Days, All I have is <laughs> Well, now let me um let me pause you let I mean, me pause you real that's quick. How Hi. I kind of saw it in the beginning. So I mean, and so like her being snarky and things like that, it, it kind of made sense with her character because I felt like she'd been holding all of this in, trying to be okay without actually dealing with things. And when she came back, it was with the purpose of moving on. But she can't move on without dealing with it. So it's gonna come out. Or at least that's how I saw it. So, but go on. Hi, 806. Welcome to Soul Party. Hello. This is, Hi, who's uh, this? This is Sweet D. Sweet D? Yes. D. Hey, how are you doing? My soulmate. <laughs> right, I got one more call to pick up one second, and then I'll get you both in okay. here. Hold on one second. Hi, 207. Welcome to Soul Party. Hi, it's Kelly. Hi. Hi. <laughs> what did you say your name was again, then, please? It's Kelly. Oh, oh hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Thank you. So, sweet D, let, um, I'll go, go back a minute. When did you, did you ship them from the promo? When did you ship them? Oh yes, from the um, from the um, picture. So when the picture came out, just for completely aesthetic reasons, I just I thought they looked so good together. And then when the promo came out, I was completely hooked. I was kind of like Tia. I did like. Uh, I, I hate to admit this, but I did like. <laughs> Sierra and Trip. I just thought they were cute. But then, of course, Ben and Sierra just blew them out of the water. And it's just been amazing ever since. It's funny you say that because I said this. I probably said it to Dav or somebody. And I, and I said this and I'm like, how can you ship from a promo? And I, and I did say, look, I mean, to be sh- you know, shallow, vain, whatever you want to call it, it had to be. On some level, it has to be because they're just two beautiful people because, I mean, there was no content. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if they were showing us the promos that we're seeing now, well, then I would understand because they're hotter than a summer day in, you know, Florida. So, you know, it, it would I, it makes sense now. <laughs> Sarah, I forgot to get Sarah in here. Sarah, are you still with us? You're still on? Yeah, I'm still here. Hi. So. Hi. When when did you start? Well, I actually had taken a few year hiatus from days. I would watch the weekly previews and nothing had grabbed me. The first promo with Sin, the man who no one trusts, the girl who trusts no one. I was like, oh my God. But I'll be honest, I didn't ship it right away. I legit thought he was going to hurt her. I was like, oh my God, he's going to kill her. Like when he's lifting her up. And it was in a couple, like in the cabin, I started to see, okay, he's not, okay. 
not going to kill her. He's not going to hurt her. <laughs> and, and I will tell you, I was a full-fledged sinner from you'll, you'd never fall for a guy like me. I was like, that's it. They're going to, it's going to take a while, but they are going to be something epic and amazing. And they have like definitely not disappointed at all. Like it was way beyond anything I could have even imagined. Mm-hmm. See, see, I love that. See how what we were saying about you know earlier when you know Karen, Carrie, all of us were talking about destiny and how this is faded. Look how bo- every side was saying that. And now that the fans are coming together, the fans were saying it. The the actors were saying it. You know, Drake Hogerson spoke out about it. I think Lindsey Goffrey. So many people. The the cameramen were just saying. I, w- something is going on here, and right off the bat, all of us were calling it and nailing it like, this is going to be amazing, this is epic, like we just knew we were in for something special, and it's like amazing that it's unfolding the way we all knew it would. And, and you know, like we said before, <clears throat> all of us, I'm sure, ship certain people and, and couples from other soaps, and I'm, I'm, with Sin, I've made the decision for myself to say, you know what, uh, you know, I'm, Susie and I, and I don't know who else, I'm a recovering liaison fan, and it's, and it's like, I'm not going to, I've made the conscious decision to just enjoy it and go for the ride, because if I worry about, I can't control what could or could not happen, and I'm just, mm-hmm. I refuse not to enjoy every damn minute of these, too, because they are just too good to miss. You, you're right, Carrie. I was, no, no, I was just going to say, the, the one thing I will say is, though, like, well, a lot of people say they shipped them from a picture. I, yes, that could be shallow, but to me, Ron had the complicated task of pretty much telling a good story because the same people who shipped them one week could have just not shipped them the second week because they said, man, this, mm-hmm. this story exactly. awful. Like, for me, I've seen a lot of parents, chemistry cannot keep me there. If the story is so bad, I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. I just can't be on the train anymore. And that's the difference. The Sin actually had a good story, and they talked about their lives. I think that was more important that she told him about the rape. I'm so happy. That was one of the first few weeks she told him about it. And that's when he got to know her a bit more. So they really got to grow, and it just wasn't about, oh, they have chemistry, so we're going to ship a serial killer with the Hope daughter. That would have been a right because, Right, because, uh, listen, I mean, we, we on Sundays, for those of us who haven't been with us, we've got our regulars. We call certain couples not equal that are boring, and I'll just to make your point to you, there's other people on the show that are very beautiful and, and, and very talented, but mm-hmm. as a couple, <clears throat> rope, they're boring, they're, they're, they're not equal, they're just, they need to end. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, and I think God, it awful. needs, right, and so it's like, <laughs> with Ron's writing and their acting and the story and the depth. I think it was the perfect storm, and I don't remember. It's been a while since I've been able to be this excited about a couple and a storyline, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Well, the other, the other thing you've got to consider is the fact that – the other thing you've got to consider the fact is that basically, you know, Rod and Vicky built this themselves. I mean, Rod was just writing a story. He didn't know if this was going to take off or not because they're six months ahead. So we're seeing something that they had already filmed months ago, and we're and he's watching us as fans and viewers really build up this momentum so that when he gets back in there to start writing the next six, eight months of it, now he can build on what we're, what we're getting excited about. But for the kickoff, that was just, okay, we'll do this storyline, mm-hmm. and six months later you see the reaction mm-hmm. to it. He didn't know that it was mm-hmm. going to take off like that. 
Yeah, yeah because it made it made for a pretty it made for a pretty good storyline. For even if the chemistry and they were not kind of a good couple, it kind of made you you it made for a pretty good storyline because of who you had, and then you had all of this strife and grief with hope, you know, for that. So even if it panned out, if it, you know the couple didn't work together, they it, it was a pretty okay storyline. I like the fact that Ron. You know, of course, he's filming six to eight months ahead. He took his time with this couple. It wasn't Monday we meet, Tuesday we have that back-and-forth banter. You know, Wednesday they have sex, Thursday they break up, and Friday they're trying to get back together, and somebody's keeping them apart. I like the fact, because sometimes I would say, oh, gosh, Ron, you're too slow. you got to speed it up. And that was only because I just uh-uh. wanted more and more of them. So I like the fact that it was a slow build. It's a slow burn. You learned every facet right. of yeah. Ben and Sierra. Because, see, I didn't know who Ben was until Sammy brought him back. You know, was it Sammy brought wow. him back? Or, yeah, to, know, yeah, to jog. Yeah, she she wanted that. him to reenact the the murder yeah. so he she could jog. He could jog um, Will's memory. Will's memory, and then and then what's her name? Abby was having the delusions of Ben, and so I kept going. Well, who is this Ben? Who is this Ben? I'm always one of these people who don't like the heroes. The heroes to me are the eh characters. There's very few heroes that I like. I'm the one who likes the villains, who likes the bad guy, who likes the older the older guys or the villains, you know. And so it, to me it was anti-heroes. like, wow, this is, yeah, the anti-heroes. Well, not necessarily the anti-heroes. I sometimes just like the straight-out villains, the straight-out bad guys, the ones who comes in and causes troubles, the Stefanos, the Ernesto. I just like the villains sometimes, you know, the Lawrence Alamates, you know, who come in and just are straight-out villains. And you know they're never going to win. They're never going to get the girl. They're never going to get because the hero always puts them in their place. But I like the fact that this couple, for me, redefined the world super couple because they give you super couple but it's redefined to me for this time and era and it doesn't fit the fact patterns of what a super couple has always been and that to me is what keeps keeps me sort of watching them no absolutely definitely and that's what i was going to say it's like it's what to carrie's point it is the perfect storm because this is when you know you have a really talented writer because Ron mm-hmm. specifically brought – he knew. This was not one of those scenarios where I'm, as I go along, I'm coming up with the story. He planned the story mm-hmm. out, and they brought Rob back for this reason because in an interview with Rob, he said when they brought him back and discussed giving him another contract, they told him, you're going to be paired with Sierra. You know, and it's funny because he was like, well, the last time she was on there, he was on the show, she was a little girl. He was like, this should be interesting. So Ron knew this, and it's like, and then everything had to fall into place. Because you can be a creative writer, have a story in place, but just like you guys said, now he's passing the torch to, like, Rob and Vicky. It's like, now you have to carry this out, and it's just the fans' reaction. And just like what Carrie was saying, being a recovering liaison fan, like I was saying in the beginning, and to see the same thing go on there, but to have such the behind the scenes. Sometimes I'm watching Sin, and I have to catch myself going, I can't get to invest it because what if they tear them apart the way – 
that we're mm-hmm. used to certain pairings. That's why after liaison, I didn't invest in any other super couple, any other couple, because I'm like, all my favorite pairings always get torn apart in favor of political agenda. And so sometimes I have to catch myself. I'm kind of like, this is a different network. This is a different show. This won't happen. But that little fear is there, and I'm just kind of like, it's good to have the show be behind them, the fans be behind them, kind of like, you know, coming from where it was the opposite in General Hospital. So I'm really loving it, and it's just, I'm ready, I'm interesting to see where it goes from here. Well, it's like I tell people that who are newer to days, who, if you think about days in terms of their couples, when they have a couple that they, you know, that works and is iconic, and I'm talking Bowen Holt, Stephen Taylor, John and Malia, when they're both alive, when both parties are alive and not dead 55 times, you don't really get third-party angst. It doesn't mean they don't go through trials and tribulations, but the, when Bo was alive, there's never been, they, neither one of them cheated. Stayla, Bo, John Lena, they, once they're together, they'll, they'll go through their moments. It's usually because one of them's dead and comes back to life, but they don't do that really with their couples. They treat their couples pretty well as far as soaps go. So that's another reason why I'm like, okay, this is, it's different than the other ones. And I would I say think that- what made me excited about it was that it seemed like in the weirdest way, it was a lock and key situation because Ben's character, like, like I said, I used to watch off and on, but like it didn't fully grab me. Any, at any point in time until now, again. But, like, I did see, like, the original Ben a few things here and there, and I kind of didn't remember it a whole lot because, like I said, that time was boring to me. But, like, he was, his natural personality before he snapped was this protector. He wanted to protect, and he wanted to defend, and he wanted to be the hero for someone because he couldn't be for his mom and Jordan. Um... And it was like, because that's what Clyde had built into him, and that's kind of what being on the run with Jordan had built into him. He wanted someone to protect, but at the same token, he wanted someone to love him. Because well, I don't that's think why he I always say, no, well, that's why for someone, me. I felt like he felt like an me. obligation sometimes to Jordan. Like he was desperate for her love as much as anybody else's. And it's like the only person I think I can think of that may have ever loved him was his mother, but she's dead, and he died at, when he was young. So it feels like he, kind of like with, even back with Abby, he was searching for someone to love him and for him to love in return and protect and, and, and fix, I guess, in a way his past through his future. And, and then they turn him into a serial killer, which, you know, um, <laughs> It kind of worked the way they did it, you know. He snapped because the person he put everything into and gave everything to, and whatever his and his crazy ass daddy were, you know, twisting well, and, and, well, and the and thing is, and he snapped. Um, but I feel like with Sierra, he's got someone to protect and to love him like he wants to be loved. And with Sierra, she didn't think that there was ever a case where someone could really love someone who was broken anymore, who was broken like her. She didn't think she could feel normal, like the normal things a girl should feel. So she was so busy trying to create that or fix it and undo the broken things that she was willing to go with anybody who could make that happen, whether it was Theo or Trip, and then just kind of stumbled on it with, with 
Ben, who also kind of needed the same things that she was lacking. And it just like, it felt like a key slipping into a lock. And it just fits with them. Okay, sorry, I just had to get that out. Well, yeah, and I'm going to grab Sarah in a second. Um, that's why, for me, I happen to be, I liked Ben and Abby, because like you said, when, when, when Abby was sleeping around with EJ, and she was a town pariah, when it was the other Ben, um, he really befriended her, and he was the only one that gave her the time of day. And so I, you know, shipped them to, you know, because of that, but obviously nothing compared to this. And now he thought he loved Abby, but now he truly knows what love is. Sarah, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, when Ron decided to pair Ben and Sierra together, it was going to go one of two ways. The way it did, awesome. But it was a huge risk that he took, taking a serial killer and putting it with Bope's rape survivor daughter. You know, people could have been like, you know, a man who's committed all this violence against someone who was a victim of a different kind of violence. It could have gone, you know, where people were completely turned off on it. But every reason that sin shouldn't work is why they do. And I think a huge part of that is the chemistry between Rob and Victoria. Like, I don't think it would have worked at all with Vivian. Like, it just it would not. It would have been. No, ma'am. It would have been there, but the chemistry would have just been flat, I feel like. Um, and also, just like well, the little decisions that they, like acting choices, like the little touches, like things that they obviously can't be scripted. It's choices that they have to make. And I feel like that's what makes sin. It's the little things in their scenes that make them that much more compelling. Absolutely, because there's certain nuances you know that are not scripted in there, and they pretty much have admitted that in different interviews as well. So it's like, you know, spot on with that, because it could have been a, 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 a friggin' disaster to be plain English, yeah, exactly. you know, plain English. And with the taping schedule, it would have been, it, it, it's a mess. But thankfully, you know, it worked. And, and like you said, Peter, from, from early on, people saw it and they just build upon it. And, and of course, you know, I know someday there'll be some turbulence. I'm not looking forward to it, but until then, I'm just going to go for the ride. So I kind of think we'll break it down into favorite, because at first I said favorite scenes, but like I said, it's too, too overwhelming. So we can do, break it down into kind of segments, the cabin, then the first summer, then the fall, and then now. So, um, we'll start with, um, our favorite cabin scenes or lines, and then you do some funny lines. Um, since you were the last one speaking, Sarah, I'll let you go first with you to keep track of that way, and then I'll go around to everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, well, not do you. What are your favorite cabin moments? I'm not going to say do you. <laughs> well, you know, I have, like, the lighthearted, but I also love the way, and even from the very beginning when Sierra woke up, she, even though she's scared of Ben, you know, she has a line of, I'm trapped in a creepy cabin with a serial killer. Yeah, I'm scared. But, like, she's not afraid to push his buttons. Like, you know, like, someone else might have done whatever they could to not push Ben's buttons or upset him. Or, you know, she's saying that he'll always be crazy and, like, refuses to accept his um, release papers. And I love when he hands them to her and he's like, my release mm -hmm. papers. Intern. Intern. Right. Like, I, I said that, too. Mental hospital. And when you think about it, right, she, she was an intern at a mental hospital. She was a candy stripper. She's relatively young. She's done a lot of things. And that's why I said the same thing, too, Sarah. Oh. For somebody that wakes up with a serial killer, she sure knew how to throw around the attitude. But he didn't. Yeah. But he took yeah, it. Like she, but he took it. Like, yeah. Like, there could have been, you know, um, like, okay, let, like, let me not do anything that could set him off. You know, I don't know what he's going to do. 
you, you know, like, she, but she could have, she wasn't, she was like fighting him. She was feisty, which I think is one of the reasons that Ben did fall for her. Cause she, that's why she's Bobcat, you know, like she, he mm-hmm. saw that from her from the moment she woke up, you know, uh, throwing when he was, I think he was cleaning her face. Like she throws the bowl at him kind of. Um, you know, so she had that feistiness and he knew, he, he knew it wasn't going to be easy. He got, I, maybe he started to mentally prepare for, she's not going to be happy to see him when she wakes up, but he, um, you know, it was a slow thing. He wasn't like, he was like, I get it. You know, I know why you don't trust me, but he showed her why he, she could. And it was uh-huh. very slow. Like if it, if she instantly trusted him, like that wouldn't make sense. Like that would be, that would like, you know, it was, that's why I like the project progression excuse me in the cabin because you see her scared of him then it's like a very slow and you know and also the way she opens up to him about about chase and like with versus trip it was like claire had to pull it out of her but she kind of but she felt more comfortable talking to ben about it so i feel like that said a lot you know that was the beginning i feel like chase was the beginning for them when she kind of saw that maybe she could trust him and then, of course, I love the foot, the SpongeBob with the foot, and when she kicks him. But the part that I love is at the end when she says, "Maybe I don't need this knife." Like that was like mm-hmm. the turning point. Where and you know was, what I find like, interesting in the in those scenes, like before he he overhears that she was raped. If you remember when he was changing, he he came in from you know, cleaning the cabin that never fully burns. It just it's been on fire fifty five times. But what I found interesting from his perspective, at this point he doesn't know she was raped. He's changing his shirt real quick and puts another shirt on. He says, "Oh, didn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable." And that told me a lot too about where his head was at. And that's before he overheard that she was raped. Yeah, so that had nothing to do with knowing that or anything to do with that. He just wanted to make her make sure she was like as comfortable as possible and didn't want to do anything to even remotely make her uncomfortable, which I feel like definitely set the tone for them later. Like he was never the aggressor in and when it came to anything uh, physically, you know, I feel like that from that moment you saw she was. Um, you know, he always wants to make sure that she was comfortable and maybe a part of that was Chase, but I think also, even if it hadn't been for Chase with his past, last thing he wanted to do is be aggressive towards her in any way. And you, Sarah, oh, you made me think of something aggressive. that Peter and I... He just waited for her to take the lead on it every time. Well, no. <laughs> and you know what's There's funny? Switches. Peter and I and Daphne, and we've talked about this off-air, you just, you just touched on something, Sarah, that I'll bring up now while it's still fresh in my brain. Talk about the progression of the characters. I love how that Ron's writing, he's written her as the rape survivor to be the one, to be the the one who is the touchy-feely one. And even in the almost, you know, making love, it's her that's all on him and he's putting the brakes on. And I love the fact that Ron's letting her be the aggressor or the initiator in that because of what she's going through i think and he's, that's and something brought, that i can appreciate up anything like uh sexual like it was like you know like he when um you know he never brought it up he always let her you know be the one to make that progression mm-hmm. so steph you still here with us yes ma'am so cabin scenes what are your favorite um, what isn't? Um, I really love when he's trying to, 
Well, he's trying to feed her. I love when he's basically trying. She she knocked him out by kicking him out. Um, I like I said, I, for me. I mean, I'm just there's not one particular thing. I'm loving the build up. I'm loving the way it was started. You know, because again, without Deidre Hall kind of really fighting for him to come back on the show, he wouldn't even be back. You know, when Ron took over, it was Deidre Hall that said, you know, this kid's got something. You know, you should really check him out again. And you know, so. And he's really put everything he could into this, and I just love what they've built. And they've t- they've took their time, and there's other couples in another show that did it that way. They found their own chemistry, they built it their own way, and they really just kind of let you kind of enjoy the ride. So for me, there's really not one thing; it's kind of just the overall thing. Mhm. Kimberly. Yes. Um. I mean, all of them are great, too, but I would say this is the thing that really stood out to me in the cabin scenes where, of course, when he gave her the knife, I thought that, of course, really showed me that he was really trying to work to be redeemed. He was sincere. He was just, I mean, it was just, I just, again, I knew, kind of knew where it was going. So I just appreciate those little light moments and, you know, him ensuring her that she can trust him. And then, of course, um, after they made love and they both said, I love you, that was just monumental. It was just, it just melted my heart and it still does to this day. But um, I would say those are kind of like the solidifying cabin scene favorites for me. Daph? Um, well, I guess I think you guys have said most of what I was going to say, but I think one of my one of my most memorable things is when he's out of his meds, and the meds are starting. The thing that he's already taken have started to wear down, and he's starting to go sort of into that little psychosis thing. And you know, she pulls him out of that. And it's telling him, you you know, at that point, she's got that little bit of level of trust for him, with him. And she's like, you need to get your meds. I'm going to be okay here. Go get your meds. And one of the other scenes was that I really liked was, and I think it's been mentioned before, was he's not, he wasn't holding her, you know, by the time he got her legs set and he's done all of that, he's washed her feet and legs and she kicks him, he encourages her to call home. He encourages her to call and talk to, to call and let people know she's okay. You know, you don't have to leave the cabin, but you need to at least let people know you're fine, that you're okay. So those were like, it was like the little, for me, it's not always the big things. It's the little teeny nuances that Ron sort of writes into them that for me sometimes make, you know, make a scene kind of, big that you know for that so I like the fact that she trusted that she didn't trust him she's just they're both two broken people if you if you look at it really and you know he gives her that money and she's like and he sort of you know basically calms her and it's like you don't have to trust me but I need to fix your leg here's the knife if you feel me doing anything wrong stab me kill me you know, do all of that. So it was just all of those little things that I've watched multiple times on DVR. I think we all have. It's like a lace potato chip. You can't just have one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Karen? 
Uh, yeah, actually, that last one was um, when we were talking about uh, where she freaked out after he took the belt off, and um, she didn't know what she, he was going to do with that, and, and then he realized that, oh, wait, whoa, <laughs> you know, uh, now I see what you were thinking that I was going to do, and just him, you know, uh, calming her at, at that point uh, was kind of my, uh, I that's one that I've gone back and watched uh, multiple times, I just like the intensity of that um, particular scene, and Yes, going into, you know, giving her the knife for protection for him, um, from him if if she felt necessary. Um, And uh, just the uh, other aspect, I love that, um, you know, when he cooked for her and, you know, they they had that little um, cute little meal together and and, um, played the music. And I thought that was kind of a nice lighthearted moment. and then, of course, the, you know, epic part of, you know, where he, she she's the one who brought him back um, by, you know, telling her, to, or basically telling him to focus on her because he's, she's what's real. You know, so I, I loved that um, bond that you could see that was just developed there and that connection that they ultimately ended up with. So. 806, sorry, I forgot your name. Oh, Sweetie. Oh, that's right. That's right. Thing. So, um, uh, you have a specific cabin moment that you like more than any other. Um. Well, they all are my favorite, but um, the one that resonates with me the most is um, after you know they talk about the rape. And then he's like, you know, we're just both here just trying to get away from our past. And then she was like, you know, you're you're not a victim. You were a victim. And then she says, you know, I'm still damaged good. And then when he said, um, you know, you're not that, I don't see you that way, uh, just, like, that whole scene was just perfect, the way they were looking at each other. And then he's like, I'm going to finish dinner. And then, like, she puts the knife down and just how she was looking at him. And I think at that moment, that's when she really started to trust him, like, fully. And, like, that, I always go back to that scene. I'm always rewatching that scene. Mm-hmm. And the one of the funnier ones is, like you said, there was so many. It was such an intense, serious situation, but there was some funny ones, like when he was, um, when he was saying to her, he was cut chopping the vegetables, and he had just heard she had been raped. He's like, "Sorry, that happened to you." Did they catch the guy? And she said, "It was my stepbrother." And he starts chopping those vegetables furiously. He's like, "Oh, you know, if anybody did that to my sister, I'd kill them." Or when he says, uh, "It's not good for your mental health hanging around with a serial killer, ex serial killer." I mean, things like that just had me howling. Yeah, and he was saying about the um, how he had uh, carrots and ketchup, gross. And then when he said he couldn't go out to get uh, um, help because his face was infamous, because he didn't know. And how about, I still, you know, he's kind of rude. He said, you know, when she asked him how they'd gotten there, he says, well, I have to carry you. You're kind of heavy. I'm like, really, Ben? We're going to go there? <laughs> She's heavy. And she looks like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I love that look he gave, she gave him. 
And then, of course, and like you said, those scenes with... Right. Those scenes with Clyde, I personally think that should have been Emmy consideration, but we won't go there. But um, so then (laughs) she gets caught in the fire, and I can tell you when I never have to hear the word fire again, I'm going to be a very happy camper because... So the... the, So he runs off to the pharmacy to get his meds. He comes back, and um, the, the Keystone cops are have her out. And, um, of course, now we go into the, him getting arrested and um, him being blamed for this fire. And I think, too, one of the more impactful scenes I saw Rob do was in the police station when she had escaped out of the hospital to go confront him face to face when he was standing up by the window and he said to her um you asked me how i sleep at night i don't it, it haunts me or whatever and i'm like that's when he pulled me in for this whole redemption rehabilitation or whatever you want to call it and one of the funnier lines was when um he said to her if i set the fire why would i go back and watch and he's like she's like arsonist like to see things burn and he and that's the only time he raised his voice and i just laughed he says i'm not an arsonist i only set one fire I don't know if I was supposed to laugh, but I thought that was hilarious. Can we go back to the cabin for a second? Because I never got to do mine. Oh, sure. Sorry. Um, yeah, I didn't get to do mine either, <laughs> so I'll go after you. <laughs> a lot yeah, of people on that list. <laughs> <laughs> you can go first. No, no, go no, ahead. I'll wait, no, for, I'll wait for you. Yeah, you can go. You can go. Okay. And then, Tia, um, and then I'll go after, after Tia. Okay. Um... Well, I was just going to say my favorite cabin, this is Tony, by the way, for anyone wondering. Um, My favorite cabin was actually when he was going to first leave to go get help, and she said, don't go. Like, first and foremost, the way she said it, the way it kind of almost came out sort of childlike, like, don't go. It just kind of, like, hit me right in my gut and my soul, like, left my body for a second. And then I loved everything that came after, you know, because it's almost like she regressed for a moment, you know. And, and I, I kind of don't ask me why like that. Um, but at no point did she ever really seem afraid of him after kind of that point. Like, it almost seemed like she tried to make herself seem afraid. But, like, during that whole conversation, there were the snarky comments still happening and he snarked right back at her, and he, you know, he gave as good as he got, and it kind of set the tone for how their whole energy would be, you know. He would let her take the lead, but he wasn't afraid to stand up to her. She was not going to let him run over her, and she was, you know, if she was going down, she was going down swinging kind of thing. And it, I just loved that it, it showed them both strong but vulnerable, it kind of set the tone for when later she admitted to being raped, and it kind of set the tone for their ability to trust each other for me. I don't know, but I love that. Mm-hmm. Peter? Tia can go first. I'll go after Tia. Oh, okay. I'll just, I would just say I've mentioned probably a few scenes in the beginning but I think also when she talked about pretty much how she can't be intimate with anyone again, and I guess obviously it was foreshadowing when Ben said you would never fall for a guy like me. We, everybody on their screen said, okay, this is a love story right here. Anytime someone <laughs> said they ain't going to fall like before, someone said, okay, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we know the future. I can't wait to see the journey. That's pretty much what it was after that. We all knew what was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And, of course, when she talked Ben down from his mental state against Clyde, that was good. And just, like, I just loved all that cabin scenes, even when he was giving her the SpongeBob and then the, the sponge thing, and then she kicked him. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> that was just hilarious. And then, you know, even she was shocked. I said, in, I think, one of their first two scenes when she, when he had to set her alert, that's when that's when she had to really learn to trust him. Like, I know that was tough because, you know, she just didn't understand what was going on. But, you know, he had to set her leg and put her back in place, and then she was fine and healing, and she was fine to go from there. So those were pretty much my favorite ones. But I liked all well, the cabin scenes. Well, it's true. Like you said, even – and it's funny how they ha- they played it in such a way and they wrote it in such a way where – he needs the belt to set her leg, but he doesn't tell he her does. that. And he and he says like I'm I'm gonna do what I should have done. And of course she thinks something terrible is gonna happen. And it's like oh, <laughs> yeah, no, she splashed the water in his face too. She did. She yeah. Get away. Get away. Get away. Yep. I love that. I, I think it was like a character choice though, because I love that they made him that he chose to make him so socially awkward, because he has been in an institution for two years. His social skills, which weren't great to begin with, to an, you know, be, to a degree because of his like childhood, were stunted even further because he's only been dealing with psychiatrists this whole time and other crazy people, you know, to include mm-hmm. Sammy. <laughs> so I like that he played it so socially awkward, like that it doesn't even register to him that him holding a belt on her is going to freak her out or whatever <laughs> the case may be. <laughs> Yeah, well, and la- and later on, months later, he did the same thing when he when he fixed the bike mm-hmm. with the bandana, and it's like, she, and it's like, what are you kidding me? There's just certain things you cannot do. Or come, out, you know, you know, don't come out holding a necktie, whatever you do. <laughs> mhm. Um, Peter. So, for me, it's it's a little combination of kind of what everyone has said, but and I love the point that um, what the the last one speaking just made when she said it's a character choice. I think a lot of what they do is character choices, and because a lot of they, Rob and Victoria improvise a lot, and the show loves their, you know, improving so much they keep it because they say it in interviews. And for me, Sierra trusted him from the beginning way more than she she should have, and I'm not saying it as a bad thing, meaning that that's what happens with soulmates. There's an instant level of trust from mm-hmm. the beginning, even if it's just subconscious, and they were not, not only was the love attracting them from the beginning, but their pain, they were also, like, the, 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 the darkness, the dark side of them, and I love when they had that conversation months later in the Demira Mansion when Sierra told him, I have a dark side too, and she told him everything. It's like she trusted him in telling him not to go. He told her so many times, call your mother, and I think he told her that for so many different reasons. One, because he knew I'm the t- when they know I have the commissioner's daughter here, they're they're going to light me up. They're going to light my ass up. Also, he didn't trust himself, and she trusted him. And that's why my favorite, in addition to, you know, him washing her feet and him cooking for her, was the Clyde scene, you know. And, mm-hmm. and it, that's like life. It's like here he is. The universe knew he was getting ready to meet his soulmate, the woman he was going to love, and there's Clyde showing up to destroy his life again. Clyde has always been the one destroying his life, and there Sierra kind of talked. Last time, Ben couldn't fight it. With Abigail, he just couldn't. It, you know, but there Sierra, like the beacon of light, kind of like, no, no, come back here. And it just, that to me 
which is what sealed the deal with my love for them, and it just sort of kind of just it, – it set the frame for what we are now seeing, and that's why, which we'll get into, and I know that some fans, you know, and a lot of fans have issue with Sierra sort of kind of being really aggressive and defending him at, at certain points, but I think – from there, it is so realistic for so many reasons. Like we're saying, Ben being played to be the more so timid one now and Sierra being the more so aggressive one, it wouldn't work any other way to me. It's because Ben knows I can't defend myself because I'm going to be looked upon like an instant aggressor. You know, everyone looks at me as a monster. So I kind of just have to sit here and take it, even though I don't want to. So it's like Sierra's coming in. She has been his defender, and from the very, even those cab scenes with with Clyde, it's like take my hand, I'm like like l- let me help you, and it's like I just think it's just really brilliant. So like that's that's my favorite cabin scenes. And that's probably the time that she probably felt the most in danger because he was uh, sp- spiraling out of control. Other than mm-hmm. that, once she you know she probably felt okay otherwise, but that was pretty dicey there because Clyde was pretty uh, pretty loud in his ear. So then we have, you know, he gets arrested, and then, um, what was it, um, oh yeah, Trip sets him up, and we have to go through all that, you know, phase, and of course, it's funny, because initially, when he, when he first admitted to her that he had feelings for her, he basically was like, oh, would you, you know, did you only go with Trip, you know, sleep with Trip, because the, the evidence, and she's like, oh no, you know, she got all insulted, That's but every- then... Yeah. That's everyone's favorite sin moment, I think, when she slept with Tripp. And that's when I sort of kind of jumped off the trip and see everything. Cause I said, oh, Jesus. Because cause she, cause, cause she only slept with, she only did sleep with him because she thought Ben was guilty. I mean, come on, let's not even play. Well, and that's the funny thing. Uh-huh. Is, is when he said that. that to her, when he said that to her, she got all indignant and was like, what, what are you trying to say? I don't know my own self and this and that. And, and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. But then in November with the first kiss, she pretty much admitted it if it wasn't for the, the evidence she wouldn't have and that's why one of the fa- one of the funniest well one of my favorite scenes too post cabin is when he goes to the um loft and he sees that they are just about to do something and he says to her he says a lot of things but one of the things the last thing he said is don't do anything you're going to regret and i'm yelling at my tv going translation sierra he's telling you to wait for him because <laughs> he knew what was about to happen and, mm-hmm. he, of course, he couldn't say anything. Obviously, I'm sure he was falling in love with her then, but he couldn't say anything, and I'm sure it killed him to watch her with Tranquil every time they were together. It did. And, and then, he, of course... He, he played it that way, Carrie. You you could see that it, that it did. He just... He had to sort of kind of temper it down, you know, and not let it out too much, but it did. Mm-hmm. And, of course... Who didn't love the cereal eating scene? OMG. That's my most funny <laughs> scene. That's the best funny scene to me. So without a doubt. That's what I was gonna put for the most funny one. <laughs> it it was so funny and I'm like and, and then and then once of course Claire and then what I like too is he saw right through Claire right away too. He knew that Claire was all on board because she had her own agenda. And he's like, Oh, you you know, you're doing this for, you got something to gain by this and when um when she, when Claire said, "I voted for him to stay," the looks they shot each other—that was probably that was some serious eye sex right there. When she oh, looked over her oh shoulder at him, and they were like, "Oh, hello." That little smile. Yeah. Yes. Well, see, I like the fact that Ben sees through Claire. 
ain't Claire can't fool Ben. And I always say crazy knows crazy or crazy can recognize crazy. And I like the fact that and it's almost the fact that she, he spooks her a little bit because her little her little antics don't work on him. It's almost like he's impervious to her because he sees her. He's the only one that probably sees her for what she is, and it's not really per se a bad thing because he's he's told her sometimes about herself a little bit and about what she's done and you know and things like that. So I kind of like sometimes you know their scenes, Ben and Claire scenes together because it's almost like she he's the only one that really gets her. He's not using her, unlike Eve, you know, because Eve sees her crazy, but Eve is using it for her own agenda. So I kind of like the fact that Ben sees her. I would love to see Ben come across Susan Banks just to see or come across um, what's her name, um, Kristen, to see how they Kristen would Nicole? together. Yeah, Kristen Nicole, or just, no, not Kristen Nicole, just Kristen, <laughs> to see how they would mingle. And so that's what I'm kind of looking forward to next when we get to the to that part of the, of the podcast. Yeah, I agree, Daphne. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I agree with you, Daphne, how um, Ben just sees right through Claire's, like, innocent act. Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, from the beginning, like, he, like, like he'll call her out, like, cause you, cause a trip, you know, like he doesn't like buy her what, she, like what she's selling, basically. Well, and she's another one too. She, she has no qualms. The dude's a serial killer, but yeah, she has no qualms about betraying him and all that. And then, oh, one of the funny lines too, when she clocked him over the head with the frying pan when she initially saw him, and Sierra wanted him to go to the doctor's, and I, I still would to this day, I crack up when he says, like, I don't have any insurance. Not that anyone would treat me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like oh, okay. <laughs> yes, and and I I love that too because they're they're playing it. You know, the writers knew, and Ron knows, and Days knew just how sensitive this would be because when when we'll, we're going to get to that part of the podcast, and I'll share my feelings about being the serial killer and where we want to see this storyline go. But because he did such a horrible thing um, when he was with Abigail and Chad, it's like they have to take him from scratch, and we saw him sleep on the park bench, and we pretty much saw him in a homeless shelter, not having a job, and, you know, and I had my issues, I was one of the fans that had my issues with him working with Stefan, too, especially when he kidnapped Gabby, and, you know, I, as he's making Sierra come around to it, he's making me come around to it, too, because I had to be like, they're right, like, no one will hire him, and, you know, he's, he's a grown man now, and he now wants to date, so... He can't have Sierra taking care of him and paying his bills. Like, if even though I don't want to work for Demira, if that's the if that's the only place in town that will hire me, and it is, this is what I have to do, and it's, I just have to draw a line of what I'll have Stefan have me do. So I came around to it as Sierra's coming around to him. I'm kind of like, wait a minute, you know, because I knew I was like, a, he shouldn't be around Demira or stuff, you know, that bad family, and it's going to make him do bad things. And it's kind of like the writers have to make you see, like, really, you have to, you can't ever take your eyes off of what he did. And I think Days is doing that really brilliantly. It's like, this is a love story, but it's a love story with a catch. And it's like, every time you, like, you sink into, like, oh my goodness, like, this great love story something happens to like well ben has a past and i love it because he told her that he was like i have debts i can never repay 
And, and I think they're doing a very brilliant job of balancing the two. Yeah, because me personally, I never want that to go away because that's part of it. And the thing is, well, you talk about someone giving them a job. Hell, Atma wouldn't even give him a reservation for a date. Mm-mm. And so the thing is with, with – um, when and another thing, remember when? Uh, Can we well, go I, back to Claire? Oh, I'm sorry. Good. What's that? I, I was saying when you're done, can we go back to Claire? Because that was something I wanted to say too on that. Oh, go ahead. What, what you have something to say on Claire? Yeah, I don't. I think what people seem to forget about Ben because they kind of have this image of him as this serial killer. It seems like they forget this was a street kid. Like mm-hmm. he's. He was he ran away from home, an abusive home, and had to live with his sister and make ends meet. And he had like different identities in different states around the country. And he was chasing his sister at certain points because she wanted to try and start over away from him, and was afraid that their father, their stepfather, whatever, would find them. Like he's a street kid, you know. Mm-hmm. He's not just some, you know. He's not a yuppie like you know, Theo and, and the rest, like, they came from well-to-do families. Theo's a Demira. The Brady girls are both Kiriakuses in, you know, part of their history. They're Hortons. They've lived privileged lives. I mean, sure, they've had experiences that are really detrimental and traumatic, but they didn't live on the street. They didn't have to run well, and that's why, parents. You and know, that's so the one thing I appreciate. They have those natural social skills that he, or, those natural like ability to see people that he might that he would have. So I don't even necessarily think it's crazy recognized as crazy. I think it's more along the lines of you can't scam a scammer. Well, and the thing that for me, for me, the reason why I connect to the Ben storyline is because it's not a rewrite. And what I mean by that is this story we knew, like you said, we, the storyline was always that Jordan took him away. We didn't know, you know, Clyde at the time. That all came after. But we knew that, he, like you said, the aliases and stuff. And we knew that there was trouble in his past. And, and, and like I said in other podcasts, it doesn't, and let me just stipulate, of course, it doesn't justify murdering people. That's not what I'm saying. But when you have a mental illness, it doesn't take much. And a, a traumatic event like being in love with someone and they cheat on you can set you over the edge. And of course, it's a soap, so of course, we're going to, you know, look at things differently. But that's why this storyline is believable to me, because it was this storyline was there from the start. It wasn't written. It's not something they wrote in after because they wanted to shove him down our throat. Yeah. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. and a part of his socialization that he was never, he never had a normal life. So he never had a normal perspective. From the time he was seven, his father was teaching him how to basically be a murderer. And his sister tried to negate that, but she wasn't quite right in the head either because of the stepfather. So although it's like, although that, that, I think, is more of a, a, a little bit of a rewrite now, which I'm okay with it. Yeah. A rewrite doesn't always mean a bad thing because I realize you have to evolve. If you're going to bring a character back or whatever, I don't necessarily think all rewrites are bad because you want to evolve and craft another story. But this whole thing with Jordan, because we, none, I don't think there was any clue that she was cuckoo for Coco Puffs when she was but around Carrie, the last time. But, but, but I did. She always the, came off as a bird to me. Yeah, oh, I'm not, I won't call it a, a rewrite either, Carrie. It's one of those story unfolding stories. 
and that mm-hmm. it takes a writer like Ron to tap into it. It's, it's one of those where when things happen with the progression of characters, you can always look to their back history to tell more story. And that was happened with trauma. She grew up in the same household that Ben did. It's just that Ben's trigger happened before hers. And it's like, it was always there when Jordan was introduced the first time and she was with Rafe. It's that she was able to have a normal life a little bit longer. Same thing with Ben. Ben was able to adjust to normal society until his trigger, which was Abigail. And I think the same thing, which we know she had a car accident, which they haven't gotten to that yet, but something triggered her and now she's like, she's focusing on Ben, but we know it's the same. It's Clyde raped her. I think they alluded to her even being raped by Clyde and, she grew up with the murderer as well. She had to pretty much raise her brother. They went on the run. And it's true, and that's why I like being around other fans because they can point out things, you know, that you don't necessarily see. And I forgot who said it earlier, but Ben is a protector. Like, even when he was with Abigail, it, you're right, Carrie, in that it's, they're staying true to the story. They're not rewriting Ben to fit this storyline now because he was very protective over Abigail. And when he found out she was pregnant, because I had to go back and watch those scenes because I wasn't watching it then, and like he, like look, he's very protective over Sierra, and I think that he's cluing in on Claire. You're right, he is a street kid, and it's like so he's identifying with Claire because he's seeing it. He has so much experience being on the streets, you know, having a mental illness that he's seeing what others are not seeing with her. And she's gonna get a few more levels of crazy before it's all said and done. <laughs> and one thing you were saying about when Ben w- was took the job for Stefan because he needed the money. Not only did he not want Sierra to be the one to take care of him, but he wants to be taking care of her. So it's like that additional, like, he would rather, I love this line, though, that Sierra said to Hope, he'd rather be working for world peace. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? Correct me if I'm wrong. When, now, the first breakup was because of, you know, him going to work for Stefan, and she was like, oh, I wanted you to choose the right thing. And, of course, she, she never gave him the chance to say that he actually did quit working for Stefan with, during the first breakup. And to this day, uh, they never showed us on screen where, to this day, to they had a conversation. He, by the way, you ran off for nothing because... Stephen kidnapping Gab, the kidnapping Gab, but also... Uh, the the whole Claire Ben plot to break up Tierra thing. Like she was mm-hmm. mad about both things. I think it was like both. And he even said, "Why don't you let me explain why I'm here?" And like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't need to hear it. Like I don't want to hear it. like all, you know, like. And but then like when he goes and he like says, "I won't waste any more of your time." She's like, "Wait, you're going?" Like she just wants, to yeah, get, like, like, like she, like, oh wait, she that wasn't supposed to go that way. Almost at that point, like use him as a punching bag. She's gonna, she can yell at him. He's not gonna go anywhere. Like, he showed her that that's not the case. But after when he rescued her, to up to this minute, he's never told her. Oh, by the way, when we broke up, I did quit, but you never gave me a chance to say anything. Well, I was about to quit when I found out Chad was the CEO. You know, he didn't get a chance. Like he should have led with that. Not I went I. I found right. out Chad was the CEO. He should have led with, I was but of course, seconds away from quitting, but you respect Chad, so I tried to keep the job, but he fired me or something like that. And of course, well, that obviously we dream. What's that? He told her in the dream. In that dream. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, when he was, and, when he was uh, speaking of her. 
in the motel in the motel room when he saw when he was dreaming of her in the motel room. He yeah. does, and she says, "If you're just gonna bitch at me." Oh, even yeah, even, that's right. Good. Even in the dream, she's being bitchy and sassy to him, which I love. That he sees her as like this spice. Like he doesn't try to diminish any part of her. Like he sees her as this feisty. Like she calls him. Like calls him on his. You know, he doesn't get away. He can't get away with anything. He knows that she's going to put him in his place. Nope. So, of course, and now obviously they had to break up because that's when V was on, what, three weeks um, vacation, right? And for the month yeah, of which January. Went to, I think which Can went I to tell three? you that that was a very long month? I never want to have a three-week span like that again, can I just say? Um, now, he saved her, what, a grand total of four times? Jordan the fire the bike, and then the drug cartel, right? Am I forgetting any? When they shot into the, he saved her twice from the drug cartel, when they shot into the Demir mansion, and when she got kidnapped. Oh, that's right, Um, right. When they they mistook her for Chloe. I think probably my favorite rescue is probably after, when he drags her out of the fire. That's, uh, there are just so many things about that. Are just that's probably if I had to choose you out of all the favorite rescue. Things, yeah, we might as well go there now. I think when she fought for her man, you know, I liked it. Even though she ain't do it, she kicked him. She said, "What you 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 beat down Ben? She didn't kick the person. No, that's so you go ahead, Sierra. Jump on the oh, person. Oh, that's right, the cartel. That's, my, that's my, yes, the yep, cartel. Mm-hmm. That's my mm-hmm. favorite one. That's my favorite. That cracked me up because. That might be one of my funniest moments because my thing is yep. she was kind of going with it. and You know, she was making, like, many struggles and stuff like that. But when he, he like, knocked, knocked out, ben? out Ben, she's like, wait, wait, wait. You hate who? You did what? <laughs> oh, no. That's my oh, favorite. Yeah. Girlfriend jumped right on him. Strangling him. Okay. I, oh, we got Strangle Bay and Strangle Boo. Okay. And I kept thinking to myself when she was when she jumped on him and straddled the guy. I picture him Ben looking over, going, "No, no, no! You can only do that with me." Really? And, well, hey, it's past. Like Candace always says, it's past nine o'clock, right? We can get a little R-rated. Um, well, and even well, I think too. Uh, well, I, she used to be called Fancy Face, but I started calling her F Face. When they were doing the PDA after the, um, when he took her out of the fire, when they were all up in each other's arms and kissing at each other, Hope's face was priceless. Like, oh, well, I guess I can't stop this. Uh, I got nothing to say about this. And that's one thing I will say. You know, Hope is bad, but to me, I'm more curious on her reaction once she finds out he didn't do it. Like, in my, the only defense I've given her with this sin thing is that she really don't know. We don't know because a person could be a master manipulator. Like, you really don't know if a person has a past of being a serial killer. So to me, when she finds out the truth, that right there is when I'm like, okay, what are you doing now? It, it will be nothing else she could hold against them. So I'm more curious to when that truth come out because I think we all just want the truth to be out now because everyone's still holding that against him even though we as the fans know that didn't happen. And not only right, and she's going to find out he didn't do it, but her own granddaughter did. Right. So she has a double yep. blow coming. That, and I, then I she, got a she got a sad blow, too. She got a, a homecoming four down to happen soon for her. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is so funny how Hope used to be my favorite character, but, boy, it doesn't take much. I'm like, oh. well, see, as a mother... I had no issue. Obviously, no mother's going to want their daughter with a serial killer, but as police commissioner and how she abused 
her powers that used to that was getting on my nerves. But yeah, she's yeah, gonna have, I, have a rude awakening. I was happy that she didn't um, frame him for the fight. I think we found out that was trip because I think everyone originally thought, oh, this is definitely hope. She definitely did it, and then of course it turned out to be trip. So and that like it looked like she's really I would say for the most part did have good excuses to think it. That's why to me I wouldn't be able to defend hope after we find out. To me, that's where I'm curious to where, where where this thing go. Then how will Hope have to react if nothing you can hold Ben on anymore? You can't. You could still say he is serial killer, but you can't directly right. fire to him ever hurting her because he's never. And hurt that's her why. That see, that's for me why I don't. I can see if they wrapped up the fire thing six months ago because while he didn't set the fire, anybody can always pull the serial killer thing out of the back pocket. So if you wipe the fire away, it's not like you're taking. You know all that away, it's still there at the, in the backdrop. So you don't but even look, need this fire there. thing. But you, you right, but it's still there, but you can't never direct it towards her. Like, um, hey, he, he almost set you on fire. That's when you got to be like, oh, jeez, like, how can you forgive that? Like, as a matter of fact, like the Jack and Jen thing, like, you could say he, they could always say he's a rapist, but he never tried to do that to her. Like, it's, it's sad, it's bad, it's a bad history, but you can't never connect it towards Sierra. And that's what people right now are saying, yo, how can you be with a person who probably set, almost set you on fire? So that would be kind of, you know, erased it from, because he's never tried to hurt her to what we know to our knowledge yet. Right. Yeah. And for me, my favorite rescue has to be the 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 Hector one because of the way Sierra jumps on top of Hector, like you <laughs> when she goes, "You son of a bitch!" Mm-hmm. And first, and mm-hmm. first, actually, no, first she's covering Ben's body when Hector's trying to shoot him. But and then Jordan has the Jordan one in the hospital has to be a close second because I love when they when they save each other. You know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. not just always Ben saving Sierra. In both those instances, Jordan and Hector, they're saving each other. Ben saves Sierra, mm-hmm. Sierra saves Ben. It's like, you know, it's mm-hmm. mutual. In fact, I think yeah. Stephanie even made a comment, like she was integral to bringing the drug cartel down. It's true. Like you said, you know, it isn't your typical, oh, wait for the man to save me. She she was pulling, uh, I, at that point, I said, oh, daddy would be proud of you. Yeah, like when she, like when, she, like the way she'll say with in this, with Hector, like the way she kept her cool and is saying, "I didn't peg you for a stupid man" or whatever she said. You know, again, she is. Um, I, I, I say when she, in instances like that, she's one hundred percent Bo Brady's daughter. Like the like That's those right. Which is another thing I love about the couple and the writing, because I think we were saying in the beginning, like, you know, Ron took a risk and pairing, you know, Ben with Bowen Hope's daughter, you know, and I think, you know, they did that intentionally. I think that was one of the drawing points to go, ooh, let's do this. And I love how they're not sacrificing Sierra. The more this couple goes on, the more she's becoming Bowen Hope's daughter. And I was saying, like, this couple, they're not – I don't ever want to see them, him come home and be like, you know, do daddy knows best. Like this is like a Luke and Laura type couple where they need to be kicking ass and taking names and saving the world, not just because of who Ben is, but because of who Sierra is. And, and I, that's why I, my favorite rescue is the Hector scene as well, too, because they took down a drug cartel, you know, the drug cartel that was trying mm-hmm. to kill Chloe. And see, even before Ben showed up, she, she went extra crazy on him with Ben, but remember, she was fighting him even before then. She need him. Like, she gave him a really hard time knowing he could kill her at any moment. And the fact that, because typical love stories is always like you guys are saying, you know, it's the, the man saves the girl, the girl is pretty much weak. See, they're not, especially with her being a rape victim, the strength mm-hmm. that they're showing Sierra 
the strength in her life, her fight spirit, how she is with Ben, I'm just absolutely loving it. It's making me love the couple like that much more. Yeah. You're right, Pia. Yeah. And can we say a name? Yeah. No one cares for the lady needing rescuing all the time. Not just saying names. Yeah. So. And can we just be grateful yeah. that 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 Ben did not take Hope's direction because she'd have been off in Horton Town Square and Hector would have been going back to the border before the wall was built to get Sierra out of town. Yeah, I think for me, I I love the fact that they're saving each other. I think you know, I I I'd like to see that that continues through. I'm hoping, I'm hoping throughout the years. I'm hoping years. <laughs> so, um, but I'd like to see that continue to be, you know, I save you, you save me, sort of feel to it. And um, you know, because she is a strong character, and I love how they're building that. I agree with you, Peter. I think that they're just building that and building that and showing how much she's um, Bo and Hope's daughter. And I love, you know, kind of the, I, I love the intuitiveness of Ben right now. And, you mm-hmm. know, with, you know, him being able to, it's like, you know, you had that, that you know, possible people to and, and I love that. Um, and I think they make a really good team, and I'd like to see them pursue that a little bit more. We'll talk about that when we get to the future storylines. My favorite rescue uh, is, I agree, I think the the Hector, just because of the fact that she's so um, strong in those, and I love the fact that he, she pretty much, um, the part where she says, oh, mom, you know, and kind of, you know, um, tricks him. I loved that because mm-hmm. she was thinking fast on her Using feet. her wit. I thought that was great. Using her mm-hmm. wit in a very instantaneous way. It didn't take her long to do it. It just, it, it you know, it showed how smart she was. And, um, but I do have to go back because I still love the, the rescue uh, when, of course, Ben pulls her out of the fire because, you know, like, they look like a romance novel uh, cover at mm-hmm. that point. You know, he's coming out of the fire with her and stuff. So I do have to at least give that a little bit of a prop, props on that because it was, it was so awesome to do that. And plus they were hanging all over each other in that, that first rescue and, and stuff. So I, I enjoyed that as well. That was one of those moments too, because remember in that time frame where we we hadn't got the I love you I love yous yet, and it's like that was one of those moments where it would have been so natural for one of them to just say I love you. We had to wait for the love scenes, which is fine now, but there were moments prior to that where it would have been so perfectly timed and fit right then. And that was one of those moments where when he rescued her, I'm like, okay, it's going to be here. Nope, not we're going to wait some more. No, it's going to be here. Nope. Nope, got to, go to wait till the end. Ron had us at the edge, and boy, he, he – and didn't – I think Rob said in one of the interviews – I think it was a day of days, we're not taking you for a happy meal, we get the filet mignon. Filet mignon, the, the drinks, the desserts, the whole nine. <laughs> so, uh, so that's through the summer and the fire, and I'm so tired of all that. So um, – weird but like when you say things like comedy and and rescue i don't think like you guys do (laughs) like like i said earlier when like she jumped on him that's my favorite comedy scene i think that's the most hilarious thing in the world (laughs) and and my rescue was the one with clyde like when she rescued him from his own mind like those i don't know some for some reason that kind of resonated with me deeper than like the physical action things. I don't know. I'm weird. 
I'm well, proud of it. No, that's the interesting. I don't think that's totally. That's definitely a rescue. That 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 rescue of him, her saving him from his mind, was my favorite cabin scene because of that. And I guess the physical rescue would be the Hector because of how just everything we've all said here, just how it played out, how Sierra was. I mean, you expect her, she's the daughter of two police officers. The whole entire Brady family has been in law enforcement. So for her not to have the be quick-witted and her not to have that fight spirit would actually be pretty much bad writing. So I, they're showing that she can handle herself, and being with somebody like Ben, she's going to have to. He couldn't have some damsel in distress. He needs a, a strong woman by well, his side because they're going to have enemies coming at them left and right. And like you said, I, I mean, it, she, she was saving him, but she was also saving herself because in that moment, Clyde's telling her, him, to do her in, basically. Kid, so mm-hmm, she's saving him mm-hmm. but herself at the same time. That is so true, Carrie. That is, that is Wait so a minute, true. Peter, and you just said something. <laughs> the Bradys uh-huh. are in law enforcement? Wait a minute. All I ever do is see Uncle Roman wiping a counter down. Well, uh, that's because, you know, they're Washing down. Well, Chris Kosacek, sorry. Roman, Chris Kosacek. Uncle Roman was a badass. Uncle Roman was <laughs> in the what? WISA or WSB, whatever, Salem. And he, him and Stefano were the original enemies before, you know, John Black came and stole all of Roman's thunder, <laughs> but we won't go there. <laughs> he stole everything from Roman. Why everything not? from Roman. <laughs> you know. So, um. So um, then we, one question I have for fellow sinners, if, if it's okay if I ask this real quick. Absolutely. Okay, if Ben had set the fire, would you still be a sinner? We should put an order yes. here. <laughs> That's a good question. I think me and Carrie, I, Carrie talked about this in the beginning, but I'll let everybody. I would know. have to know. <laughs> I, 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 see, that's. A, I don't think that's a simple yes or no answer for me. I'll, I'll just speak for myself. It's not a simple yes or no answer. I would have to know. That I'd have to. I can't just say yes or no without knowing that the the circumstances before, during, and after. So I I can't give that an answer because I don't know. I would have to know how it happened, and you know since and what happened subsequently so that's my answer on the task and i can't say yes or no well for me for me i'm thinking it 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 would depend you know because at that point let's just say that he was still off his meds for me i'm still okay with it because he was off his meds um you know i i don't feel you know like it's not necessarily an excuse but it's like he was um how do i say this um it if the meds had not kicked in fully and he was hallucin- hallucinating, um, then I think I would have been all right with it, I, especially if he was not really realizing that he did it. You know what I mean? It, like he uh, found out later and it was a surprise to him even because it, it was kind of, even throughout this whole storyline, there were times when he doubted himself a little bit because he wasn't he wasn't entirely sure partially because of you know Jordan putting that seed in his uh, mind as well and i i do think that um that dependent upon how they wrote it and if that's how they wrote it i think i would have been okay can't say for sure um because you know that isn't the direction that they went but i'm thinking i'd be okay and still be a sinner and for me i'm going to say i think like what Carrie said it depends on the situation because be honest, I've shipped some couples who've done 
terrible things to each other. But to me, it's just because I just enjoy it. So I can't be fake and say, oh, just because of that. To me, it would be a lot of anger pretty much. And it really depends on where the story goes. For me, it's probably like, hey, this is more, even more intriguing because it's going to just probably take them a longer time to get together. But it will, it, will, it will be a little more tougher than it is now. When, like I think what Carrie said, mm-hmm. they already have the serial killer thing. So to add that on top, that seemed like that would be so cruel and probably a bit too much. Cause Overkill? It would be like, whenever he, yeah, whenever, yeah, whenever he goes off his bed, he's going to just try to kill you. That's like, that's ridiculous. So it would be kind of too much. To, I think probably to put, but I think I would still be, uh, I think it would still sort of be the same for me because I kind of like interest in stories. Like I was uh, like, um, I was liking Abby and um, Ben when Ben was a crazy nut. I was like, this is what's up. I was like, I like, I like the evil couples. Like I like Stabby and look at everything and Stefan did to her. Like I'm just saying, I just, I like bad couples too. So it's not like, I just like couples who's just having a good time and just boring and just, you know, I like. So in other words, you're like Katia. You're anti Cassie. She likes all the nice sunshine and lollipops, and you want the mess. <laughs> I, I, I do want the mess. I, I like it because it's more interesting for me to watch, and I could kind of, right. it's more intriguing to me. But I'd like couples who love each other and just, you know, like with this couple, if he really didn't notice what he did, I think that's like not that he just set her on fire because, you know, he just thought it was her. And like that's just unacceptable. But if he didn't just know when he was out of his mind, I guess so. It would depend on mm-hmm. how the story went, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I still would. I sorry. I still would only because he was off his meds at, the, at in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it would cheapen a lot of it because, like, what he said to her at, at a later point, as much as the voices were telling him to hurt her, he said his desire to help her was stronger. If he then did start the fire, that would like mean that that didn't actually mean anything, and like her uh, bringing him down, you know, like that. It would. I feel like it would cheapen a lot of like these momentum. Excuse me, <laughs> very important like heavy moments for them. Like the tr- like the beginning of trust for them would have meant nothing if he had if he had in fact started the fire. Yeah, it would have definitely been much more complicated of um, justifying. Um, shipping them still, but I think I still would have. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It would have been a little harder. It would have been okay. Luke and Laura were one of the most popular couples, and nobody keep bringing up what happened there. So I think people, people hey, would just. Hey, I, I'm, I'm just I'm still, people I, are Yeah, I would have. Been. Been. I'm still a Alexis fan, so. But they, but Larsa, <laughs> no, 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 Karen, no, you read no, my no, mind no, because. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not a bad way. I'm just trying to say soap fans are hypocritical. It was just like a couple who did basically the same thing the other couple did. That's what I'm trying to say. It's okay to ship who you ship. Cause I ship some bad period. I could say, I'm not going to name them now, but there's a lot of ones I'd be like, wow, you really, people like eat jammy. Like people just like bad people. Yeah. People do bad stuff to each other, stuff you wouldn't necessarily like in real life. Right, exactly. Like, if I had a daughter and she came home with a serial killer, yeah, I'd probably be acting a little bit like fuck face. Oops, hoping me fancy face. But um, it's true, though. That's that's the beauty of, of watching a soap. You can check your common sense and your you know, morals to an extent at the door. But like you said, Tia, at least be consistent. Don't, you know, if you're a Jack fan, let's say, don't trash, I don't know, Ben, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's, it's true, though, but Tia makes a really good point, and where she said, there are some couples who's done a lot worse to each other, and, and that's why I defend sin so much, and when I'm reading some of these comments, I know, I'm like, you know, you're just hating them because they're at the top of their game at the moment, and you just right. want something negative, um, and to say because 
you can go down the list. Luke and Laura, um, Monica and Alan. Alan, when Monica had her affairs, Alan used to plot her death. He literally plotted to murder her. Then you have Todd and Taya and, and so many couples who have been physically abusive, have raped, and did a lot of things. And I think Hell, Todd stole Blair's too. baby because he thought it was Max Holden's baby. Mm-hmm. And I love and Todd and Blair, by the way. Yeah, and me too. And <laughs> I just think that right now everyone who's given Ben a hard time because of his past, I'm like, you know, don't be a hypocrite. You know, then you need to mm-hmm. judge every couple and every character the way you're judging Ben right now and Sierra. That's I right. Think I yeah. have had that problem because the whole premise is that, I guess being someone, like I myself was diagnosed, my name is Tony, um, with major depressive disorder. And I understand how the medicine works as far as getting it into your system and how unbalanced you can feel when it's first taking its effects and it's, you know, setting itself up in your system and and the first time you miss those doses and things like that, I understand the physical imbalance, the the way it feels to you when you're you're off your meds for the first time, um, especially when you're new to them in the first place. Um, So I don't think I would have had a problem with it because the the whole thing is meds balance you and then – He's just been on them for, what, six months or so? Because mm-hmm. it was like maybe six months prior that Ma- uh, Sammy, that he had his epiphany while Sammy was making him, sh- sh- you know, choke out Will. And so he's been on meds for about, well... Well, I think he's been on them for a couple of years, ever since he's been in the sanitarium. But, you know, that kind of, well, since you're talking about medication and the mental illness, this, is, this kind of ties into one of the questions I had for the group is, would you want Ben to have, kind of like a la Sonny, how they do it every five or six years with Sonny has a bipolar um, episode, would you want Ben to have a relapse at some point? I personally would because, like you said, that's real life. Bipolar isn't just something, you know, it gets fixed. It's a daily struggle. So in the future, if they write him in to have a relapse, something triggers, I'm all for it. I mean, of course, as long as the neckties are not part of it, I'm cool. But I, I think having him have a, a relapse of sorts would be would be interesting. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what my, my my whole thing about it is. The first time that you go off, it can sh- totally throw your hormones and your your mind off in a big way, especially if you're not used to it. You know, you're you're getting used to a new normal, and then your new normal is taken away. That can really throw you mentally. So I don't think even in that instance I would have held it against him because I'm like the whole point is he murdered these people, something that was completely out of character for him because he was a protector of women before that point. So if, he, if his breakdown could make him do something that's completely anathema to his normal personality and he just went off his meds and you see how far it's thrown him off, why would you suddenly hold him to a different standard than you do when you know that he's killed people, literally killed people when he was not on meds and not in his right mind? He's still not right, in the, his right but, mind. But like you know, they so said, the only difference... Be able to, right. I would have the only differentiation like a, there... 
would be that like he's done it to her and that's that would be another thing kind of like a Julexis where like Karen and I are still Julexis fans but I understand why some people still don't because they have that vision even though they've explained it away it's a little different when you do when when the person is doing it to the person that they're in a really you know the person like that those murders it doesn't make it right but he didn't do that to her so that's the only other added level but but your overall point is right i mean anything he does under the while well, he's on a mental free-for-all you, well, guess, you really can't <clears throat> i guess my whole thing is is that like if you can i i, I can't i can't the to her thing that doesn't for some reason that i'm weird like i said and it doesn't click for me because my thing is like you know this is who, this is a part of him. It, and you know, as having had experience in an institution, what can happen to someone who goes off their meds. You know this in a practical sense, unlike some people. So why well, would you suddenly hold it against him? Knowing well, knowing it, but it's not necessarily holding it against him, but she would have to make the conscious decision knowing it, but then knowing what happens with people off meds is one thing, but then consciously deciding to carry on a relationship with them is an entirely different set of circumstances. That's the thing. You can know something, but then knowingly getting And that's, I think, what Hope's issue was initially, like, you know what he did. And, of course, you, why would it? This is why, you know, Peter and I have said it, for those of you have, who haven't been on our regular Sunday podcast, everybody in Salem, except for Marlena and Sierra, I don't care if everybody in Salem doesn't trust him. Why would you? He has to. And, the, and speaking it doesn't make it so. The only time any person can show you that they have changed is through action. You can speak it all day long and twice on Sunday. Unless you prove it with your actions, it's not going to matter. But everybody should be leery. I would find it unrealistic if everybody was like, hey, cool, hey, we're Team Ben, other than Malena and Sierra. Everybody else, fair game. Well, no, see, that's my point, though. I'm not worried about other people. I'm worried about Sierra. <laughs> well, I think, like, I, I, mean, I, don't mind that, I don't mind that others hate him and, and think he's completely incapable of change, but I think, I, I wonder, I guess, I guess it makes it weird for me. I'm like, how can she, I mean, I'm not saying it would have to be easy. I think this, it would have made the slow burn a lot slower. But like you know, this man is was unwell in a in a serious way, and that he is adjusting to society. He's adjusting to his meds. He went off his meds. Was in a high pressure situation. You know, he kind of talked him down at one point. But you know that these things can happen when you're in the midst of a relapse when you're not on your meds. So why is it that you could forgive him for overcoming the badness of his past, but not what's happening current? I guess, I guess for me. Well, like I said, it's not about forgiving the past or the present. It's 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 knowing, it's making a conscious decision to be with someone who is is unstable and could. But she already knows that he's unstable and that he could relapse because he did in the cabin and she talked him down. But being in the cabin and being reliant on him because you've got a broken leg and trusting him just to get you well and put you back home is one thing. But then committing to this man who who is unwell, I think I don't, I look at that differently. Being in a cabin, he picked you up off the side of the road. He's your only source of, you know, um, a caregiver. She kind of had no choice but to to depend on him, but then to know it and then 
make that decision, I think, is a different ball game. But um, from what I've been watching, I'm gonna say from what I've been watching, to me, I don't think his past affects affects us. That unfortunately, it just doesn't because I guess he wasn't. It just wasn't affected her. To me, I think what hurts her more is anything he does when he's on his meds, like when she dumped him after what happened with Gabby. Is she like, really, you just did this now and you're not? So I think stuff like that, I think that would be a little probably worse for us viewers. It's like, let's say he did set the fire when he was on his mask. You're like, really, then you doing that? That's where I think if the line would get blurred and that's something it's probably more difficult to defend. Like, you can't know, like, no matter, we all know how bad Gabby was, but none of us can really defend you bringing her to Stefan. Because what if Stefan just go ahead and kill her? That would have been on his conscience. There's no way you right, and she said that. agree with that. That's what I'm saying. I think she that's was hundred percent right. Think he's doing when he, yeah, when he's on his when he's on his bed and you making bad decisions like working for Stefan. I think that's her problem. She can't deal with but that. But she did say, and I'm agreeing with uh, Tony. I think I, I I'm uh, I, I love the fact that you said all of that because I'm in total agreement with all of that. I'm like, yes, you said it exactly how I would have loved to have said it. So it was very eloquently said. I just wanted to say that. Um, but I. I think that she had said, because remember, um, that was the one thing, because he asked her, you know, that the first kiss scene, he asked her if, um, you know, she was okay with his past or that wasn't a deal breaker. And she said, no, but one thing might be, and that was the fire. I'm in agreement with you, right. honey. If she, how would that affect you when you knew that he was, Already, when he left the cabin, he was off his meds. And, you know, you don't necessarily know how long it's going to take someone to have those meds kicked back in. So it exactly. doesn't mean that he didn't go back on his meds. And, but in the time frame from the time that he got to the, um, from the pharmacy all the way to the cabin, yeah, it, he said now we know he said he, they kicked in um, for the hypnosis. But at the time... It was unsure. It was unclear that that was really what happened. And he, you know, and she didn't know. I mean, who, who's to say in uh, different people how long that's going to kick in? And, you know, so it's almost in, in some ways when she had said that at the time, I remember thinking, well, I'm kind of disappointed that it, it a little bit of me in the back of my mind was a little disappointed that she said that because I'm like, well, but he was off his meds, you know, in my, in my head, I was kind of screaming at me going, but he might've been off his meds. And I think that's okay in a way, you know, so I don't know. But I, and I, I get, you know, Karen, what you and Tony, what Tony is saying. And, you know, Tony, first, I want to thank you for even being honest because you know, I was recently diagnosed with PTSD, like some of the, the regulars on the podcast know. So while it's not as extreme as like a bin and harming other people, I totally get too when you have anxiety attacks. When, like, like now being diagnosed with PTSD now and looking back over my life, all of my life now makes total sense from being a childhood till now, and, and I totally get – you know, just my thought processes, just what happened, some of the relationships I had, some of the self-neglect. So I, I get it from that aspect. You know, I do. But I think what, you know, the, I'm torn on that side with Sierra saying the fire would be a deal breaker um, and not his past because the, this whole love story is hinging on redemption and second chances and that there is a difference between a bad person and someone who does bad things 
and the show is painting Ben as a really good guy who did a bad thing because of X, Y, and Z. And that's how he presented himself to Sierra, and that's what Sierra is using to fall for him, fight for him, trust him. I think it boils down to even trust versus because she's now seen some of what he was before meeting him, and he, she was able to talk him down. So it's like, I don't want to, while I get your history, if the only thing stopping you from harming me is a pill in a bottle, then I can totally understand Sierra going, I, that don't mean I will abandon you, I'll still be friends, but can I build a life with you if that's the only thing that will stop you? I would like to want to believe that you, could, you have a little bit more self-control now because, one, a licensed therapist is saying that you do, and two, you're telling me that you do. So now if that's the case, then maybe I, I will kind of sort of rethink that too because if you, there may be times where we can be out of town and where you can't get to your meds, and now do I have to watch my back? Do I have to sleep with a knife, you know, on you? And so I can totally get either or. I can totally get both sides where fans that would still be fans and I would be able to get the fans that would no longer – be a fan, kind of like, that's a little bit hard of a pill to swallow. So I kind of get both arguments with that. Yeah, I, I love you. You, you articulated my point. That's how, what it, because like you said, her trusting him in the moment because she hasn't, there's no phones. Well, I guess there was a phone, but, but then, like you said, what if, what if he runs out, there's a storm, and you have to, you know, sleep with one eye open. You know, she, like you said, they could be friends, and she could leave him and, and be forever grateful that you saved my life, but I don't have to be in a relationship with you, so that's a little different. Well, I think I think my thing is because it was the first time he went off the meds. And the first time, like they said, the first cut is the deepest. So I guess mm-hmm. that's kind of where my caveat came in. The first, you're, you're, when you first go on meds, there's the learning what it's like to be on them, and then mm-hmm. there's the first time you go off understanding how your mind works when you go off of them. And, and finding the balance and finding the, 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 the line back in. And I guess, I guess maybe I went a little too real life with it. So for me, that might be why I would have been able to accept it either way. But thank you guys for answering my questions. So, um, Karen, what, what did you have? Pick one of the questions that you had. Um, that we had talked about. Let me think. What what are some of the other things we talked about? Um, let me think. If so, let's say we got past the fire and the thing, and so the oh, so the pacing and the storytelling. I mean, as it was going on, it was torture sometimes, the breakups and the droughts. But how do we all feel about the storytelling so far and the pacing and to where they are from a year ago to now? Are you starting with me? Yeah, but I'll start with you, Karen, and then we'll go around. Okay. Um, I I love the pacing. Um, I I think um, at first, yeah, we've talked before. You know, it, there's been times when it's been a little bit torturous, uh, just because we want more. You know, we want more of them. We want more scenes. I I mean, I'd love to have them on more, to be honest with you, than we're forgetting <laughs> so that we can have more content. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> like, I could do with a lot more of them. Um, 
But I, I really like this. Yeah, I, I really like the slow burn at, you know, looking, especially now looking back and going back um, because I've been watching, you know, I've gone back several times now and gone back from the beginning and then through all this and then I'm like, wow, we really had some really good, solid stuff and solid building blocks all the way through. And I, I think that if we rushed it, um, while I was quite impatient several times, um, I think we wouldn't have gotten, um, I don't know, this this deep, um, I think it, the relationship is just so much um, deeper than we could have gotten um, if it had been rushed any quicker. I mean, I didn't, you know, I mean, this is the type of relationship because it was so um, controversial in some ways and so um, unique that uh, with Bowen Holmes' daughter and, you know, former serial killer, I mean, I don't think you could. Uh, I think it would have, you know, uh, been a lot more difficult to have um, had sustaining power. And I think that's what I'm, why I love it so much too, is because I don't see any real cracks in it right now. And I can see this, the longevity in it. And I, I love that. Absolutely agree. And it, 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 like I said, it's the strong foundation and that, that's what's going to make it last. If, I think every building block needed to happen. Although, like we said, sometimes it's like you want to pull your hair out of like, the I love you is what killing me. It's like, okay, come on, can we get on with it? And like you said, we want them on more. I mean, what was it, six weeks since they first made love? And I'm like, okay, they're young. Can we, can we have a few more scenes, please? Just saying. For Are you me, still with, with us? Now. Sorry. Yes. Um, for do <laughs> you can go. So wait, what's the discussion? How I feel about the year progress right now? The, yeah, the pacing, like the the where do you want to where do you want to see them go? Like, is it where do you want to see them go from here, or we're we just on how do you feel about the progression and the pacing, pacing Carrie? The pacing. Yeah, the pressing and the, the yes, pressing. I can't even talk. Progression and pacing. Yeah. Well, I love the pacing at first when they were in the cabin. Then I disliked the pacing when she reunited with Tripp and sort of slowly was turning her back on Ben. I was like, oh, jeez, this pacing, I'm, I'm not liking this at all. And then when she slept with Tripp only for the Ben, I wasn't a fan of that pacing. And then I was more, I went back to being a fan of it when Claire pretty much, that's crazy, the fire started the reason why Sin rushed up a bit faster than it probably would have. So I guess we have to think, we have to give a shout out to Firestarter Claire. Thank you for pushing these two together because they was in some deep denial. I don't say that. And then I think I like, and I like when it was friends and then he remade her bike for her. I also think, I don't think we mentioned that, but I think that was a pretty big moment as well because I really show how much she appreciated it, and I really believe that they loved each other clearly before they even noticed how much, you know, it was before Claire pretty much had to say, come on now, stop being idiots, guys. Y'all know what the deal is. So I like the tasting now. Right now I'm a bit 50-50, as I mentioned on the podcast, but I, it's a pretty decent pacing. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. And I did have to ask a question after all this, but yeah, I'll let the next person know. Sweet D, how about the pacing and the storytelling so far? Are you a fan of it? What you... Um, yeah, I like the pacing. Um, 
I like the slow burn aspect. Um, it was pretty good pacing. Um, the only critique, I mean, everybody has that critique, is the fire thing. It's, <laughs> that's the only critique I have in their stories. It's, it's too much. It, that's the only thing. Everything else, as far as their pacing and how they progress and, like, the first kiss and, and they made love, like, it was a natural progression for each, like, milestone in their relationship. Because um, usually, you know, on soaps, you know, they usually sleep together the second day and they're married and then you know how it goes. But mm-hmm. I love how. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You read my mind? You know, so, Th- Thomas and Sally fell in love over a glass of water. <laughs> um, so I love how they didn't rush it. And, like, it took almost six months for them to even kiss, even their eye section every, every time they saw each other. Um, but, yeah, overall, minus the fire stuff. I love their face. Yeah, we're all burnt out from the fire. I, I think their theme song should be from Billy Joel. We didn't stop the fire. Oh, by the way, I don't know who, if if they're listening to this right now, I saw the video last night of the gifts. Whoever came up with the idea to engrave the lighter, bend it and stop the fire, A++. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I was uh, working with the person who uh, uh Spartan, um, Spartan 1288, mm-hmm. I think, is her um, online. But I, think, I think it's 1988, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but she was trying... She would, she decided on a fi- uh, on a, a lighter, and I was just like... She's like, okay, so what are we going to put on here? Like, something about him not doing the fire. And I was like, well, we'll just do the song. Ben didn't start the fire. <laughs> and the next thing you know, Ben didn't start the fire was on there. <laughs> <laughs> he he really se- he really seemed to enjoy that. That was pr- that was good. Mm-hmm. I have to say that I like that. <laughs> and they get yeah, gifts. I, think- oh, I, I know you you all are too good because every time I turn around, I'm seeing a video. They're getting gifts. <laughs> it should have um, been multiple. It should have been plural fires on there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he, he, remember, he's not he's an arsonist. He only. He only set one fire. He's not an arsonist. That cabin refuses to burn. I swear it's made of fire, retardant wood or something. I'm like, it's still standing? Now, Tia, you said something about the bike. We should, we should circle back. Yeah, that, that there, I think, was so... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? So meaningful to her because she thought she had wrecked it. And he, I guess he was, when he was staying yep. at that loft, he was going down there to fix it. Who, who knew he could fix a bike? But that meant know, so much to her. He loved her before he even admitted it, like to do something that day At the time, like he was really, obviously, and that's, that was the next question I was going to ask for the opinion was pretty much, who do we think fell in love first? Was it Ben or Sierra? I'm not sure if Carrie had that in her lineup, so I just wanted to you know, well, it's interesting. I will say, I think, I will say one thing before I go to that. I, I, somebody said it in the chat room, and I often find myself saying, of course, because Hope aggravated me at times with the police commissioner, but I often, as much as I love Bowen, I need him back to rescue me from rope. I often wonder how the dynamic would be if Bo was still alive. I, I find myself thinking of that quite often. 
I don't think Bo would let him, you know, her little girl, but... <sighs> so maybe if he ever come, and maybe if he's ever alive, he'll already be married by that point, and a few kids. Um, yeah, it'll probably be Bo who, meeting his uh, grandkids with the next his his grandkids via the necktie killer at that point. Benjamin Benjamin Bo Weston, um, and exactly, I need to like know Bo, his, like Bo Weston or something. I need to know his mother's name too, because that's one of the things I did say: boy and girl names, son and daughter names. I need to know his mother's name so we can know what the daughter's name is going to be. Um, to answer your question, I I think, and I, I sort of kind of said it when I, I when I said it was both of them trusted each other from the very beginning. It's like they're just they were fated. It's like you know they're soulmates, and so I think it happened at the same time. But I think Ben was more ready for it than Sierra. I think Sierra fought it. And one because of trip, and two because of who he he was he is and was. I think Ben was more accepting of it. He embraced it in the beginning more than she. But and I think it happened at the same time. Michael Famine, and to go to to add to what you said, Peter. Michael Famine put it best at the day of days. She couldn't admit it because she was trapped with Trip. Trapped with Trip. I love yeah. that. Trapped with trip, yeah. That was hilarious, and, it, and weren't we all thinking the same thing? Trapped with trip. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, Victoria tried to deny to to protect like I the three think... Tierra. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was I was just saying that Victoria tried to be like, well, I wouldn't say trapped with trip, trying to protect like the right. three Tierra fans that there are, but that was uh-huh. because she was trapped with trip. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry, honey. We got you. We, we don't have to say it. We'll say it for you. Frank we will. know, even if you can't admit it. We we see it. We got your back. Dee, were you going to say something? Uh, actually, I was going to say something. I think that Sierra knows first. I think, um, I don't know if anyone noticed this, but do you guys remember when she first came back from the cabin? No matter who she saw up until the moment that she was back in the loft and face-to-face with Claire, up until that moment, she defended Ben like nobody's business. She knew her Mm -hmm. mind. She knew herself. She knew Ben. She knew he didn't do it. But then she she was with Claire, and it's like Claire knows her trigger, that little bobblehead can be so perceptive when she's not a complete moron. Um, and she was just like, are you broken or something? Do you think you're so broken that you can't be loved by anyone but a serial killer? And I think subconsciously that's when it clicked for her that she was falling for him. And she was so determined to prove that she wasn't broken that she went with the supposed good guy in order to prove herself at, to you know, herself and to everyone else that she really wasn't broken. And that's what ended up sending her back to trip. It wasn't anything about, like, I think that when she said that, you know, about her falling for a, a serial killer, it, I think it triggered something in her subconscious, and she was like, oh, shoot, I think I am falling for him. 
I must be broken. She said only a broken person would fall for a serial killer over a night. Well, she also fell for Trip. She went back back to Trip because he was, quote, the safe choice because at that point they'd convinced her that he he set the fire. So what else was she going to do? She just went back to the safe, boring. And even like Ben said, boring. And I'm like, yeah, right, exactly. He (laughs) hit it right on the nose. Yep, and me, and I'll be honest, as a person who actually likes trips, although I have built for him in the Tazy storyline, I am actually a little, this is probably one of the storylines I'm actually most upset with Dave with, is that they whitewashed his history. I don't understand where he became good. He got no treatment in anything for trying to kill Kayla, but I guess we're supposed to forget that. That's the one thing I'm... Oh, I know, I say that all the time. And that's why... I've always said, that's why when, when Sierra was saying, when she uses Abby as the example, I've never had an issue with it because I understand what she's saying is no one questions Abby's sanity when she's, you know, to get back into society. And all she's ever said is she wants Ben to get that same chance to just integrate back into society. And like you said, it's like... She should have told Trip about herself. Right, because if not for Steve, he had the scalpel to Kayla's throat would and would have sliced yeah. her like an onion if it wasn't for Steve. So, but we're not. But we, we're supposed to. We don't. We're not supposed to talk about that. It, see, to me, in anything, and even, even in stories, I personally, when I'm judging things, I fact in intent. In other words, if you do something but it doesn't, ha- you know, if you try to kill someone or whatever or hit, hit someone and you don't do it for whatever reason, I, to me, I put just as much onus on the intent as if you actually do the crime. Yep, you, whether it be cheating or anything like that. So and it's I'm like, yeah, but... Whitewashing. To me, I like, I like it to get mentioned. I'm happy Ben passed get mentioned. Because to me, when you forget it happened, to me, that's when I become annoyed, like we really forget in it. Right. And that's the thing. And, and that's the one thing I found that they haven't done, which to me, like you said, is, is why it works. Because we all saw it. And it's like, don't, you can't tell me that I didn't see what I saw. And and we as soap fans, we, we watch soaps, and we're, we're pretty forgiving, and we'll pretty much accept just about anything you tell us. We're pretty flexible that way. So the other oh, thing not, that is kind not, of... Not, uh-uh, not, huh. not with Bold and Beautiful, I'm not. But yeah, but the other shows, huh. yeah. I, 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 <laughs> there's, a re- there's a reason sometimes Soap Party for One only does three soaps instead of four. <laughs> Uh, the shade is real so and it was the way that uh, trip would always like act so high horse it to ben Mm -hmm. it's like you've done some Mm -hmm. pretty bad crap too you know holding a scalpel to your stepmother's throat almost getting her fired i think a patient died because of oh yeah he he he, he he did mess with meds and, and not for nothing. And Kayla almost lost her license, I believe. She lost and this was, her license. And he has the audacity to act like he's like an angel and Ben is Satan himself. Like, come on. And remind and remember, ladies and gents, he did this, and, and this might sound horrible, but and tweet me, Mini Pro, he did this all for a mother he never knew, by the way. Right, it would be one thing if he was trying to avenge her like like oh he lost his mother that he knew so well like if it was ben like what we've heard is he was he was super close with his mom before she died like that would you know like like in that sense like okay you were so close with her you loved you knew her so well chick never knew ava like it doesn't you know like that just makes it like you were that almost sounds like revenge for the hell of revenge 
And that's mm-hmm. something in theory, and that's what I would go back and say. I'm okay. I'm even okay with that storyline if it's explained well, and then down the line you explain to me why it happened. My issue with the story is that they try to let the audience forget it happened. That's where and I have a problem because to me, I like characters who do bad stuff, and we see why they did it. When, what happened, what made them snap, okay, they're going to fix this, they're going to therapy. We didn't see any of that. We just seen him do that. And then, like, two episodes later, he was the most perfect guy in the world. I'm like, wow. Okay. In fact, in fact wasn't it Hope that almost died? Didn't he mess with Hope's medication? Wasn't Hope in the hospital at that period of time, and he messed with her meds or something? Or was that a different, am I remembering that wrong? I want, for some reason, I think Hope was affected by that. I forgot. And it's a classification that Chirp was the good guy. You know, like if it, mm-hmm. you know, like if he was like, if he wasn't given that, like the strong, you know, like the um solid good guy, it wouldn't be an issue. But it's the fact that it was like, oh, Chirp, you know, like what Sierra said to Ben outside uh, the pub before their first kiss. Trip is a good guy. He's solid. It's like, hello, he he almost killed it. He almost killed Jor and his stepmother. Like. No, like he's not. And she even said, yeah, and she said he came from a solid family. I'm like, okay, Steve, yeah, but he didn't know him. And, and the Vitalis are Yeah, but a- solid. Ava, Ava, is, solid is the last word I would use to describe Ava. Didn't she kill Papa Brady? Isn't she the reason Papa Brady died? Wait, Ava killed Sean? Yeah, I think she was the cause of that plane crash. Am, am I correct? I think Ava is the reason for that plane crash that killed Sean Brady. I think. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering it correctly. Someone will confirm or correct me, but I think it's I think that's what happened. Um, she was responsible for the plane crash. Someone said, yeah, someone in chat, yeah, Brandon said she was. Thank you, Brandon. Yep. Oh. She, yeah, she's the reason Papa Bre- Papa Sean died. Oh, so, yeah, I knew I didn't like that trip guy from day one. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to like him. I swear I was, like, when I when he was with Sierra, and I was like, eh. But even back then, he was so freaking condescending. And he would always defend Claire and, and try and get, like, and, and try to devalue freaking Sierra's feelings. And I'm just like, even back when they were supposed to be this cute little love story, I'm like, I can't with this guy. How does no one want to punch him in the throat like I do because he was always he would always devalue her emotions about things he would always talk down to her as if she he knew best he talked her out of telling her mother about what uh, what Rafe did he made her feel bad about um, telling the truth about about holding Claire accountable for the the Bella contest I mean there were it was time and time again he would always be so freaking condescending when you, first and foremost, you did kill someone. I mean, sure, you might have been defending um, Sierra, but you don't seem to have any lasting effects from having murdered someone with your own bare hands when you put that syringe in that chick's neck. And then, you know, you almost slit the throat of your actual stepmother. You tried to kill a bunch of patients to set your stepmother up in the first place. You're, and uh, and you by the way, Brandon, Brandon just corrected me in the chat room. It wasn't about, it was, he, he said I was correct. Hope was one of the people at that time that, that um, he, it affected when he was pulling his shenanigans at the hospital. So the other thing is um, if we all could change one aspect of the Sin storyline, what would it be? Tony, I'll start with you since you were the last voice I heard because 
Yes, I'm finding. So, so, I don't know. If, I don't know if we're all getting. It's we've all been on so long. Everybody's sounding the same to me. <laughs> yes, this is true. I definitely don't. Um, I would have given more POV. Like they needed more point of view, especially for Sierra, but for both of them. Like throughout this whole love story, I liked the pacing. I liked that they took their time with them, each re- reaching each of their milestones. What I hated was that we had to fanfic their, their perspectives on everything. We had to try and read between the lines of the actors' choices to try and make sense of the words that they were saying. Like they were See, trying I, th- to I thought they were very obvious. Could, you know, but there were still things that, they, that needed to be said. Like Sierra needed to say that you know, what she thought of Ben. Like, you never really got to hear her say anything other than, like, when she was in the midst of defending him, but it was never so much, like, that real inner monologue stuff. It was more like bravado stuff, stuff that you tell everybody. We didn't really get to see, okay, her working through any of it. You just saw, okay, one second she's defending him, the next second she's not. The next second she's defending him. Okay, now she's not. Okay, now she's defending him. But now she's, oh, wait, she's going to keep defending him this time. Where was the change? How did that happen? Where was her mind during all of that? And then with Ben, how was he able to accept the fact that she kept flip-flopping? Like, did it, were there ever See, points I don't think where he started to, like, I mean, he got more POV than she did, but I felt like, I felt like if they'd had more point of view throughout this, like, I don't know, maybe Sierra going back into therapy so she could just vent it all to Marlena. Or, or you know, her being on the phone to some friend <laughs> she made in Hong Kong. Just something where we could actually hear from them the, the parts that weren't there. Like, there's some things that just were not properly fleshed out for me. The only time I thought she veered from him was when she thought he'd set the fire. Other than that, I thought she pretty well defended him to everybody who would listen. Um, Other than that. I mean, and I understood Mm -hmm. why she was flip-flopping. It made sense if you you can, like, read between the lines, and and you had to because they weren't letting her tell you why she was flip-flopping, you know, or they were having other people tell you why she was flip-flopping, but they weren't letting her, you know. But it was just like, and you could see that she was uneasy in her skin at times, but it's just like you never got to hear her say it. This young girl who has been through this trauma is falling in love with a serial killer, but trying not to because she doesn't want to seem broken. Let her speak. Let her have a voice. That's not. Yeah, I thought she had quite the voice. I. I... I thought she had a voice all the way through. In fact, when, when I thought she had a voice with everybody and even with him, like what, like what we talked about a little bit ago, but when him working with Stefan, she was like, she didn't, she's like, how about when she went into the mansion when she was going to see him, and she's like, if you can work for scum like that, then that means you're a scum too. I thought she was Carrie, quite. Is Tony, I think, is Tony talking about before they got together though? More so before they got together than after. Okay. Like once they, once she admitted her feelings, it's like she seemed to be more in touch with who she was at that point. But before that, there was a lot of points where there was no POV from her. Like, you were just trying to, you were forced to assume that these were the reasons she did the things she did, you know. 
and it and it didn't always make sense. You had to kind of like do mental gymnastics to make sense of it. Like towards the from the point that she started to like really break up from Trip, and and the truth came out about him him lying. From that point <coughs> forward, you really got more of her voice. But before that, it was like it was a guessing game until like the next monologue from her and it's just like but they were always in the moment situations where she was defending him and then there were in the moment situations where she was going at him but she never really knew what was going like that interrogation scene you know one second she's going at him harder than hope was you know interrogating him and then the next second well that was probably her confliction I guess. If I think about it the way you're saying it, that was probably when she was most conflicted A cuz she was still supposed to do a trip and B going through the motions of I'm not supposed to be feeling something for this serial killer guy. I think that's probably And I agree. Uh, if I had to but guess the thing is I wanted to hear it from her. I wanted to hear the conflict. I wanted to hear <laughs> this young girl working through this really weird situation and trying to make sense of it, and I didn't get that. And I mean, that's so you almost you wanted her to got. have a friend or somebody to talk to about it, just a, a little yeah, bit even to get like, a point of view, because she couldn't really her, talk to Hope because you know <laughs> about it at that let point. Her write I mean, in even a if journal she had talked to, and then hear her yeah, voiceover right, right. or something. Mm-hmm. Just I want to know what's going on with this young girl who's got so much on her shoulders right now. Let me hear what the hell Sierra's got to say. Besides, I believe you. No, I don't believe you. I believe, no, I don't believe you. I'm going to be with Trip because he's a nice guy. But I look and the like only I'm time I think we got jump out of my skin the entire time when he's touching me. You know, like, it, I, talk to me. Let's put her back in therapy. Let her vent to Marlena. Something. That drove yeah, me Yeah, and I think but. when... When um, she, she she only kind of admitted that a little bit, you know, like at the first kiss um, aspect when she said something like um, mm-hmm. uh, she hears all the voices in her head telling her, you know, telling um, telling her, um, what was the quote? Um, to run, run away. To run as fast as she can yeah, and never run. look back. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it was there, but it was gone. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think that was the only time, but it would have been nice. I, I see what you were saying. It would have been nice to have heard it before that point, uh, being voiced a little bit more, that that was what was happening as she was having all these different, you know, feelings, and, and um, it was, you know, conflicting you know, conflicting feelings, and uh, we didn't get that. I see where you're going with that. Okay. Thank you. So for me, the only thing that I would have changed is probably the, just probably, even though I love, you know, the I love you and the love scene at the same time, I probably just would have liked, you know, and I love you before that, and now the only thing I would change is can we get a few more love scenes, and I I, I just need a shower scene, Mm -hmm. and I'll be okay. <laughs> For me, and I know this is I know I'm in the minority, and I know this may be very controversial, because a lot of fans are going to be like, "This is the story." But for me, because what Tony was just saying with Sierra is actually what's going to be in my storylines you want to see in the future for each of them, for Sierra. Um, so I'll save that one. Um, but now what I would have changed, I guess this is I guess this is both what I would have changed slash 
story I want to see for Rob, from Rob um, is while I love that it's the build-up now and I love that this is the storyline, I kind of want to see them retcon or change some element of Paige, Wendy, and Serena's death. If Rob, if Ben was either have been come out that he didn't really do it, maybe he attacked them and left them alive. Either maybe let him either have a twin, let it have been Clyde, let him have been drugged, hypnotized, or something. Because I'm looking further down the line. Right now, it's it's the storyline and it's great. But I'm looking the years and years, like Karen was saying, that we hope we get when they're married, when other storylines come, and it's like, for example, with Eve. Like, Serena and, and Wendy, they don't have family. Well, Rafe and Gabby is Wendy's half-sister, uh, brother and sister, but they don't really talk about her. And Serena doesn't have anyone there, but it's like when you bring up Paige and you bring, like, you know, like you're like, they're dead, then they can't come back. And, yes, a lot of soap opera characters have killed people and that's what I'm saying I'm not a hypocrite with that because you know I, I like Ben and I love Sin so I'm not judging Ben for that I just think that it was re- it's really horrible and yes he was a character that they used to prop up Chad and Abigail and I love what Ron is doing because I, I, I want this to be a lesson to soap writers Ron can write a book on how to not how to write a soap and one of the things is Stop with the character assassination, you know, because as you can see, not only do you have really talented actors that you can use, but there's so much more you can do with the character, and and Sierra and Ben is really showing that. And I think Stefan and Gabby is showing that too, um, that there's so much more if you don't come in ruining a character to pop up another couple. But in the Mm -hmm. end... The same couple for both, too. Yes. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want some of it retcon. <laughs> I, I'm okay with him having attacked Will because Will was brought back. Now, I want something that – and Days really did kind of give themselves an out with that because I don't think – because Carrie told me I wasn't watching them, but I don't think we saw him murder Serena, Paige, and Wendy <laughs> on, on screen. I know we didn't see Wendy. We just heard the gunshot. Yeah. But that's what I would change. But what about the elephant? <laughs> Um, the, the elephant in the room, you mean? The, the, no, that Ser- no Serena carrier on an ele- a wooden ele- was it a wooden elephant or some shit? If she comes back, she can leave that thing dead. Oh. <laughs> and then, then maybe Eric can cry over her. Oh please, that's a story for another day. Um, Don't get me started on Eric, <laughs> Father Flanagan. Where's, where's Daphne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, da- da- Daphne, Father Flanagan. Speaking <laughs> of Daphne, Daphne, did we lose you? Cry so much, like why are you, is he always crying? Leave that for Leave that for Sunday. Who who cares about it? Oh Daffy, you still with us? I'm still here. Um, no, I'm still here. A, a storyline that you would change or add to? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I would change anything because I liked. I like what we've gotten so far. I like that it's been a slow burn. I feel that I've gotten a little bit from, see, I guess I'm one of those people that don't, I don't need to know everything all at one time. I liked when there's some holes or some ambiguity in things because when you have that, then you, it gives you freedom to later on insert things. 
Um, so I, I, I like, I have no problems with everything that we've gotten up to a point. I'm not sure I want Ben to be retconned because right now you don't really have to have any outside forces or third parties coming in. Ben and Sierra have a trove of storylines. They've just got so much storyline that can be propelled and can be done for years. I sort of mm-hmm. view Ben as Todd Manning on One Life. No matter what Todd did, I mean, for, for months nobody could mention the rape. Or nobody, everybody liked him, and he was, you know, happy-go-lucky. Soon as the moment he got involved into that, boom, it came out. So he couldn't outrun his past. And I kind of like that for Ben where, you know, no matter what Ben does, Ben can become, you know, he can become a billionaire and can be, you know, giving money to all of this. He's not going to be able to outrun that path. There's always going to be somebody who's not going to like it, and it's deserved that they don't like it. Because I like the fact that Eve can't reconcile with what he's done. And I like the fact that he does not, he's not forceful and trying to argue with Eve about how she's treating him. I like the fact that Sierra is the one that is, you know, being the defender for him. For future, I love Ben. I want Ben in that Demira house. It's like he needs to be in that house. I said earlier in the podcast, I can't wait for him to come across Kristen, not Kristen as Nicole or, or, or Kristen as Susan. I want him to come across Kristen and see that dynamic because I said before, crazy knows crazy and to see how he how he handles her. I'd like to see how he handles Susan because you know, Susan is sort of is, is, is the good person of, you know, the the good one. So I'd like to see how he handles her. I'm just sorta of enjoying it. I'm almost to the point where I'm ready for them to I'm ready for for Claire to just go bonkers, you know, and just because I'm just like on pins and needles. Is this going to be the day? Is this going to be the day? Is this going to be the day? And I don't know when Claire's last days are, so that's got me on pins and needles with that. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I don't want I sort of don't want to see them married at this point, because to me, once couples get married, they get boring. And then once here you go talking about rape and hope married, again. Well, I'm just saying, once once couples get married, they get boring, and then the next evolution in the married couple is children. And right now, I don't want to see them married. I don't want to see them with kids. I want to see them on adventures. Or when I say adventures, they are, you know, the ones figuring out stuff and trying to do, you know, figuring out what the Keystone cops can't figure out, you know, and doing – and somehow they've gotten mixed into this, and they, they're they the ones that figure out stuff. Because I'm hoping that Ben is part of that whole – it's probably going to be part of that Maggie, Kate, that's going to figure out what's going on. And especially if Kristen gets back into the house or Kristen Nicole gets back into the mirror house, I want him to be that – I'm probably in the minority of this, but I am so dreading the fact that Abby and Chad is coming back. I don't have the history with Abby and Chad that a lot of people have. So it's kind of like that one we shall not name that's on GH. I've never been a fan of his. And 
and I'll just say, I don't get Anthony Geary's, or, well, I shouldn't say Anthony Geary. I don't get Luke Spencer's, the character. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because I haven't watched early. I'm Me late either. coming to the scene. So I'm like, I don't think at this point, I know why they want Gabby, Abby and Chad back, but I know it's going to mess up. It's going to have an impact on Sin. It's going to have an impact on Stabby. And I'm not really wanting them to come back at this point. Well, but I know the line is probably they're not staying, so yeah. Yeah, but I know their ratings, their ratings boost, their ratings boost, and I like the fact what Juan does to get those little ratings boosts. But I'm just dreading the future impact it's going to have on my two couples. And yeah. also, I got to piggyback on that. To me, I do not think they rate and boost. I'm sorry. The show was in some danger before Ron took over, and I remember Chabby was on the show then. I'm just trying. I think that I would like to ask everybody on this on this line: Who has a Nelson box? I cannot take these ratings seriously. I'm not taking. Well, Nelson box. I'm going to say this to you. Yeah. I don't know anybody named Nelson, but I do know somebody named Comcast and Xfinity. So, I mean, I don't know, though, that other one. And Time Warner, anybody? Because why do you feel like Comcast and Xfinity are robbing me? But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it is a sin, what they're um, doing. In, to, in Todd, to me, it's a little bit different with Todd Manning because Marty is still alive. Like, what they did to Marty was horrible, but she has her life. That's what I'm saying. Like, now I don't want them to touch it now. But later on down the line, when you th- as a fan of Finn, because I'm looking, you know, m- what I'm saying, what I would change in the future, you know, so I'm already answering that portion of the question, Carrie, what I, is that element because I'm thinking, I, I know when the show made the decision to have Ben do this, and that's why I made the statement about, you know, Rob is showing soap writers on what to do and what not to do. Even if you don't have a character long term, you ne- one man's trash is another man's treasure. You never know what you got in the future. It it and I know they didn't foresee Ben and Sierra, and they didn't see this. That's so they were just like, let's just go shock value with Ben. Um, but I'm think and I I said he could still have been involved. I would be okay with him attacking them or maybe even kill them if he was under some type of influence. Then I'd be sort of okay. But to just as a Sin fan, loving Ben, loving Sierra, and looking to the long term, I'm kind of like, that's really horrible. And when they have their happily ever after, I want them to be on an adventure too. I don't want the marriage and kids yet. I want them kicking ass, saving the world, and I want, you know, Sierra to find her way and kind of like deal with, you know, like what Tony was saying. I want Sierra to have that moment of, I'm, I fell in love with a man who did this. Like we have, like, and I think that's coming in the future. That's why I didn't. And when Tony was saying before, they, I want to hear her voice say that. Like, and I think they're kind of going there now because when she came back to the table and she saw Ben's jacket there and he wasn't there and Roy told her, you know, he, the necktie killer just threatened to strangle me, you know. So they may be doing that with Sierra now, and I want her to have that moment. But for me, that's what I was saying about uh, kind of retcon it because, you know, especially Paige, because we got to see Paige. She was with JJ and everything. It was just kind of like you, you – it's something that always stares you in the face. 
And that's what makes the story compelling now, but I'm just thinking about later on down the line, when they get there happily ever after. Like, before they do that, that's why I said I want Eve to go as crazy with Ben. Because I think even the fans that want to be fans, that's stopping a lot of people from even being, even though they're growing. And Rob even did an interview of this, because they asked Rob about this, and they were saying that, you know, it's a lot of people that still hate Ben. It's a lot of people that's not getting behind it because of what Ben did. And he was like, he knows, and he was saying, but he looks online every day, and he sees that the hate for Ben is getting less and less because they're telling just that good of a redemption story. And I just think we need a moment of, like I always say, taking us back to take us forward. I want them to just deal with it once and for all, just something we either didn't see, something brilliant that Ron can cook up so that everybody can put it to rest and then we can move on before they get there happily ever after. Peter, I'm going to disagree, only because to me that would sort of be lazy writing. That would just be you erasing everything we knew about him because with the whole meds and everything, that would just be erasing everything he did. So to me, I'm like, you deal with the tough stuff and you have to grow from this. Like she already yep. knew what he was, and you have to. I I just think that's too much to me. Like I'll use an example. For me, if you erase Adam killing Delia, to me that makes sense because a lot of people never believed it to begin with. Like that's just something that's always been left to the audience. You decide what 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 did you see? Because we didn't see that on screen, and it was just a, to me with that would just be erasing a lot, especially since we've seen him about to set Gab. I mean, no, I'm sorry, Abby and Chad on fire. It's like it would be too much to. I'm not sure how and plus you can change that without... But that's what and, I'm saying. Like, we, he still has a mental illness. I don't want them to erase everything he did because, like, he did attack like, Will. That we saw on screen. Yeah, you, I don't... I want... I'm not saying that because I don't want them to take away who Ben is because that's the story. Like, that's But that is such a big part of him, though. I think it is. That's what I'm just saying. To me, I want them to... To me, like, just those uh, three. Yeah, like, the Serena... The Serena, the Wendy, and the Paige, I would be okay. If they don't do it, it's fine. But if something that we didn't, like some, like I said, even if he did do it, maybe was he hypnotized? Because remember, Clyde was stalking around. Did maybe he attack them, not kill them, and Clyde came in? Like something to be like for me as a fan, like later on down the line, if we find that out, I'm just saying I'd be okay. I, we we know he tried to kill Abby. We know he kidnapped the baby. I don't want him to change everything, just the most horrible part. Something. But see, to me, that if it, it see, she still like they, she fell in love knowing all that. So I, for me personally, it doesn't because look, like we said, Todd, rapist, murderers. If she, if if it was really what was, if she was balking at falling in love with him because of it, I might think of it differently. But she's she's, you know, it hasn't stopped her from falling in love and you know being with him. So I guess you know we'll see. Who knows what they have planned? Because you know something. Uh, never mind retcon. Never mind undoing it. I'm not convinced that in the future, if 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 the the actor was to ever leave, never mind having him, you know, take it away. I'm not convinced we won't see him kill again. But I'm not going to worry about that until the time. You know what I mean? If they want to write him out mm-hmm. at some point, uh, rest assured they'll 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 Let's go back to that not. well. Please, please <laughs> no don't shit, right? Don't do that. Uh, right? No. <laughs> but um, Sarah, did I, now I got to get to Sarah and D. Sarah, did you? Have a um, saying um, storyline you would change? Uh, no, not yet. Um, I I do very much agree with um, Tony and what she was saying about uh, point of view and getting from how do we get from point A to point B. Like sometimes I feel like there's a lot of 
holes. Like it's like one day it's this, next day it's something completely different. It's the besides the progression and the speed. Like typically, I'm I liked the speed of the slow burn. Although if you follow followed me on Twitter, you'd see that I, I would complain about it immensely as well. Um, but so, but um, I would say that sometimes it would be like very slow, but then it would be I, there were certain things I think would be like night and day. So that that is um, something that, and also, like we would go from having them three, four days in a row, and then we don't have them for two weeks. So that's like that's more mm-hmm. uh, shooting, not so much storyline itself. But that is something that I would. That's one thing that I wouldn't would like to have different. D. Oh yes. Um, I would have liked to see. So when they brought Jordan back, I would have liked to see her come in and, like, be on their side first, like, you know, reunite with her brother or, yeah, with her brother, and then befriend Sierra. And then, like, she snaps. And I think it would have been a better buildup if they would have had Jordan come in and be on their side and then you see her so slowly snap and then kidnap Sierra and have the rescue and all of that. That's the only thing that I would change. Um, also change her sleeping with Tripp um, and then kidnapping Gabby. Um, that's, that's about it. That's the only thing I would change. Everything else was pretty good. Yeah, that's right, though, because we're, kidnapping Gabby we saw, thing killed me. Because, like, where was the logic in it? Like, it was clearly a plot point, mm-hmm. and that's all it right. was. Yes. Because, like you said, at, at that point, we thought the only pe- three people that we were going to have on his side was the two-faced quack Marlena and Sierra <laughs> and Jordan, and he didn't even have Jordan because she was crazy. Right. Jordan wasn't even on... Her, his side, like when she came back, I didn't like that. I, I wanted them to at least like reestablish their sibling bond and then do it that way. But they just had her come in and just like totally be against him when uh-huh. all those years, always- like they took care of each other. But the yeah, that's the thing that back? was a little odd. <clears throat> She was never as much on his side as it, as they claimed she was. It it was so weird because like if you remember back when he first came to town, and I guess this is kind of fresh in my mind because of, you know, your magic in um, recapping everything, our sin story in D. Um, <laughs> I you know having get, getting to re-see it again and being able to really be involved in watching it more so than I was the first time um, because the last, you know, there was so much stuff I didn't like that I just couldn't really keep up with the show back then. But it seemed like Jordan was not that about him. Like, she was like, you can go. I don't want you around. I don't want anything to do with you. Can you just leave now? Like, she did not really, she didn't have his best interest at heart. She wasn't that interested in in reconnecting as a family or anything like that when he came to town like he had to basically force his way into her life um and and 
So it, it's like she's, and I, I've said this before, she's kind of a bird. She wants a man to love her and, and, and care for her, and she, so she'll put the guy over the kid every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And um, so I never really got this this feeling that they would connect. I wanted it, you know, because I wanted him to have someone, for God's sake. Um, but I never really trusted that she'd be the one. Um, it was kind of wishful thinking, and I, was, I wasn't wrong when she didn't do it, but I wish I had been. Because it's just like, I don't know, maybe I'm just seeing crazy things, because I do that well, sometimes. It's, this just goes to show it's interesting. We, we say this every week on our, pod, our regular podcast, that this is why it's good to get different people together, because that's the whole point. We have different perspectives, and I've, I always... You know, from my perspective, she was always kind of protective of him and all that. But this is, that's the whole, that's the great thing of, you know, talking to different people and seeing different people's perspectives of how they interpret things. Well, my thing is, it never seemed like she was actually protective of him so much as she kept saying she was protective of him. But then when things came up, it was always about protecting herself and her image. At least that's how it seemed to me. I don't know. Well, see, for me, this last time, I didn't see all of this beginning, the Jordan and the Finn from the beginning. So to me, Jordan's return, it was like she snapped. It was like, okay, this time her mental illness, had her triggers had triggered, and she was in flaws of her mental illness. And her way of, I can't protect Ben, my only way to protect Ben is to get Ben back into that mental facility. And if I have to kidnap or kill somebody else to get him back in there, that's her irrational thinking and the irrational logic. That's the mental illness talking, you know, for that. So I kind of liked, and maybe because I didn't see Jordan the first time, I kind of liked Jordan's comeback because, you know, that's kicked off a second part of an umbrella story is who's that baby's daddy. Mm-hmm. And I should give out the numbers real quick if anybody that's in chat and wants to hop on now that they see that we don't bite and this is all a friendly place, there's no haters here. Um, it's 605-562-0444, caller ID 128803 and press star 2 and it'll let me know that you want to come on and join us. But yeah, definitely, I, I said at the time, I don't care what kind of rewrite needs to be done, I wish Rafe would be the father because the poor guy needs a kid. He raises everybody else's kids. And actually, that's another thing that we had talked about, too. It, um, there's not many people that Ben and Sierra can be friendly with. I would be okay if, not besties, of course, but other than Stefan, I'd be okay if Rafe and Ben kind of formed a friendship because who else on screen does Ben have to be a friend with? And and Sierra, too, there's really nobody. I mean, other than but Eli and Lonnie, I guess. I, I, would let, I would let Sin and Stabby be friends because it makes totally, total sense to me. <laughs> and like, cause they both against the chabby fan base, so it makes a lot of sense. No, but see, it, it does make a lot of sense. Not a that, and then two, Sierra. We did sort of kind of get a Sierra and Gabby moment before the cartel, you know, broke in, and we do forget. I forget a lot that they are stepsisters. Right. Well, I mean, before Bowen and Rafe, uh, Hope and Rafe got a, a divorce, so they're family. So actually, no, they're they're, um, they're not stepsisters. They're um, st- uh, Gabby would be Sierra's step aunt. Yeah, 
She, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, because Sierra is is um, Hope's daughter, yeah, and and Gabby's Rafe's sister. So yeah, they would be she's Sierra's step aunt. So they that would be aunt um, Ma, it would make aunt. sense for them mm-hmm. to to get together and and sort of kind of have a friendship. And I kind of like that element that you know Ben and Sierra don't have anybody in town because that's one of the consequences of their relationship. And Ben told mm-hmm. Sierra that he said. Everybody in this town hates me, and because you're with me, they're going to hate you too. And so I, I like that they're keeping up with that. Like, we need to see, and they're doing a really good job of the fallout and the consequences. No one is going to come to their rescue. No one is going to invite them for dinner. You're not going to see them. All they have is each other. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why I want to send this Sabby friendship because no one likes Sabby as well. Gab- Gabby, besides mm-hmm. Will, when uh, you know Will and Sunny, really she's hated because of what she did to Abby. People forget at a time it was Sierra and Abby feuding because she wanted Chad. That's the story line we like to forget, but because mm-hmm. well, one yeah. of the odd ones of our time. Yeah, but, they, you, they, know. you know what's funny? Yeah, they scrapped that in a New York minute for for obvious reasons. That did not work. And, you know, mm-hmm. I have to, I said to Sarah that I wanted to say, I, I'm just thinking of something Sarah and I back in the, the day had a conversation on either Facebook or Twitter. And one of the things that I'm mean, kind of jumping on, it kind of relates to my favorite romantic moment was the sponge bath. But then had the funniest reaction when, when Sierra said um, that she was a candy striper. And then he had, that look came over him and he said, Oh, you must have been hot. And Sarah said, when we, Sarah and I were talking about it in private, and I said, Sarah said, dude, she was like 16. And the way Sarah said that to me, I just, I was cracking up. The way you said that, Sarah, dude, she was 16. But his face was like, hmm. <laughs> but that is my favorite. Beyond all their most romantic moments, the hospital scene when she was taking care of him. Like when. Checked like a wife. Uh, yes, didn't she? With taking off his shoes and socks holding his hand, just telling him, no, you're like, because you can see, like, he just wanted to, you know, a typical man that don't like doctors, don't like hospitals, just stitch me up and go, even though he could have been affected, his hand could have, and she, she told him you can get gangrene, and she was just so, like, that, I, I was already in love with them, but that hospital scene, it just solidified. I think that's what Alexa, I text you guys. That, I cater to you by the Destiny's Child. When, um, yes. when when the doctor asked him what was wrong, she the first thing I thought was she like he didn't get a syllable out of his mouth, and she starts going off about and did you hear last week and last night there was a shooting, and I'm thinking that's exactly I'm not married, but I'm like that's so totally what a wife would do when they go with their husband to the doctor. The doctor asks the man the question, and she just starts running her mouth. It was hilarious. <laughs> and did you see the evil oh, eye? Oh, my husband. <laughs> oh, you don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I do. It was, that was sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> the, and the evil eye he gave Rex before Sierra said cousin, before she addressed Rex as her cousin. Like, he was checking him out, like, who is this dude? Because he came in speaking to Sierra, so instantly the jealous Ometer started with Ben. <laughs> and he had to calm down when she said cousin. So I'm like, it was really And, was and really she sure said, don't worry, he was an alien anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Is any okay? This is off topic. I'm stopping now. <laughs> what? I was going to complain about um, not Rex, but you know, they're, he's not important, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she sounds like us on the podcast <laughs> on Sunday, Carrie, because that's exactly something we would have said. 
Yeah, no. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to vent and rant like I usually do when Rex gets brought up in connection with Kyle, Kyle Lowry's portrayal. So, um, yeah. How about some warriors so, versus the other people? No. Go on. Oh, oh, the Raptors? Who's winning? I don't know. Um, so we'll jump into the favorite. I mean, obviously, you know, other than the first love scene, uh, we'll jump into to some favorite romantic moments. Mine Raptor is theory. the sponge bath, definitely. What did you say, Peter? Raptors. Oh, oh, they were, oh, interesting. Interesting. So, or since I just heard your voice last, Peter, what would you have said? Yes. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, old Yeah, the here. hospital scene. Yeah, what, what I said already, the hospital scene, like her taking care of him, her catering to him like that, like, and just their dialogue, not not just even her actions of catering to them, but mm-hmm. the fact that they were holding hands while Rex was talking to him, just the, the closeness, the, you know, like me personally, like, and I, I've said this on podcasts, like I've been watching soaps for years, and, you know, just like the, the other young lady said, I won't say how long <laughs> to tell my age, but I've been watching, you know, soaps, and I get that we get a lot of storylines, but for me, I like when they – I want them to dial down on the violence a little bit more because, like, to me that's not why I watch, especially with all the ugliness in the world. Like, you watch it for, like, escapism and, like, to get away. That's why I love Hallmark. I I used to watch Lifetime movies all the time, but now I'm, like, Hallmark because it's, like, romance and it's just it's, – it's a breath away from all of the ugliness and the violence in the world. So the sin – one of the reasons I love them is just it's making me fall in love with soaps all over again. It's making me fall in love with romance. Like, that's what you want in a partner. You know, like, that's – and it makes me even know in my own personal life, like, that – especially not having it in all of my other toxic relationships and now just realizing, you know what, when you create your own list of – what do I want in a partner? Like, I look to, like, Sin, like Sierra and Ben. It's like it, they're checking off every single box of just intimacy and closeness and romance, and it's just you got to love it. So that's my most favorite romantic scene. I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to hop off of that one, too, because I am in agreement with that. I had the sponge bath as well um, that – well, the whole hospital scenes, I agree. It's the the whole thing, though, because um, even if we're just talking about a sponge bath portion, it was so much more about, you know, about her doing something for him that, you know, and even something that he's not used to, that he's never really had before, some that level of caring that he's never mm-hmm. he's never experienced, and she was willing to to do that and she wanted to do that and she's even said beyond that it's like I like to do that and and that's just kind of a very intimate moment between them um, that I think really solidified their I don't know that connection even more you know it's just it just made it that much deeper for me um, and so I loved that about them. And, yeah, I, I, I agree with the romance and, and things because they're just – I've not seen that in so long. Everybody's, like, sleeping with everybody else. Everybody's doing mm-hmm. this. And, 
you know, you're, you're, you're hopping in one, one day or you're, uh, you get, you meet the next day you're in bed, the next day you're, you're, um, got married, the next day you've broken up again. And then, you know, like what we were mm-hmm. saying this whole time, it's just such a nice, refreshing, um, thing to see them, you know, go on a date, go, you know, do, mm-hmm. you know, hold hands, all this public mm-hmm. display of affection all of a sudden. And, and it's just, you know, it's something that I just find super refreshing. I mean, a little, very small, little personal thing with me. My husband and I have a wonderful relationship. We've been married 19 years. And, you know, it. we have that, you know, connection. And I just, it's so fun to see them play that out on a soap. It's just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is really nice. You know, I, I mean, you know, I, I just love being able to see that because it's real. It feels real to me, and I think that's why I connect with them so much too, is because it feels like a real couple in so many ways. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. You know, that uh, oh, she's this age. This is how she would react. This he's older than her, so he would react a little different. It's just, it's really kind of fun to see the dynamic in that relationship too i just i just love everything about it and i didn't get to talk about what i would change <laughs> so i'm going to go back for a really really quick second if that's okay yeah um, but yeah so i would have changed the um as, as most people i think have said i would change the kidnapping of gabby i just didn't think that they needed to go that far with him, him that direction I think I don't I don't know what I would change it to but um I just I think that was my biggest thing I I hated it with a passion <laughs> and it was I thought it was kind of a difficult thing to kind of maneuver out of it. I think they did fine with what they did but I I don't know I just hated it so much and then of course yeah I don't think that I also think that they didn't need to go as far as um her sleeping with trip I mean I don't know. I, I think they could have done without that. So to change that and future, um, I am in agreement. I, I would like to, as much as I, I would like to see them get married, have kids and all that stuff, but I kind of think it's not quite yet, you know, maybe a little bit, little bit in the future, not too long, but a little bit in the future, but yes. And, and, and I agree with, uh, I would like to see adventures for them. I think that we're building up that, you know, the taking on, uh, you know, um, we're solving things that no one else in Salem seems to be able to solve. I love that idea <laughs> of doing that. So, okay, I, I had my piece. There we go. And it's not that difficult well, to do with the Keystone Cops. Don't know how to do much. I do have a question for you, though, before we move on, because I'm, I'm, even though I think a lot of Sin fans feel this way, um, but you're the one that said it, so I'll ask you. Are you, as a Sin fan, are you, and a Ben fan, are you able to justify or see his point of view for kidnapping Gabby in that moment, or are you totally on Sierra's side? Like, I can't even see your point. I can't even begin to justify it or see why he would do it in that moment. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I don't really know how to answer that. Um, I guess I I don't know that he was thinking through the consequences of it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he was thinking of it being um, what she said. I think he, I mean, in that sense, I think it played out nicely where she would, had the uh, capability of opening his eyes to the fact that that violence is violence. 
um, and maybe he needed to see that. So I guess, you know, maybe I'd go back a little bit about changing it. But, um, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm, like, completely with Sarah. I think I can understand why I, I can understand that maybe he, as I said, um, maybe didn't fully realize the ramifications from it and um, had to have that um, pointed out to him. Um, but I'm not really sure why he would think, why he wouldn't realize that would be wrong. So I I don't know. I'm wishy-washy with it, I guess. <laughs> no, but bingo, can, perfect can, answer. Perfect can I, answer. Can I, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> wishy-washy? That was the perfect answer? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, it's a perfect, no, perfect because it's exactly what I was thinking. And Carrie and I had this conversation, and I'll just say this really quickly, and I'll, I'll let the other young lady go who wants to go, but... I and that I hate it, but that's my. I don't even want to call it a justification, but that's how I totally see it, and why it makes mm-hmm. it somewhat okay. Because exactly what you just said, I think we're okay. dealing with a character with Ben who, he at seven years old, his father taught him how to be a, a murderer. He doesn't know consequence, and he doesn't know social skills. Someone pointed that out. Brilliant. He's like Sierra is showing him and teaching him and his love, like. How t- like this is normal human beings don't do this, and I think that mm-hmm. it fell into that. Stefan is the only one who hired me. Nobody in this town hired me. I don't really want to do it, but I need money, so you know, let me go ahead and do this for Stefan to show him that loyalty. But because I need this, and Sierra had to point out, listen, violence is violence. While you didn't rape her, while you didn't strangle her taking her to Stefan because you didn't know what he would do to her. So I was looking to see if somebody followed away. That's mm-hmm. why I said perfect response. <laughs> Let me um, jump in real quick. Her, yeah, I was, yeah, taking her against her will wasn't, isn't, even though nothing happened to her, that's, that's still a crime against a woman. You're taking somebody mm-hmm. someplace against your will. The mm-hmm. stabby fan in me has no problem with it because <laughs> it got... It got Gabby confronting, you know, Stefan. So the Gabby fan of me was like, yeah, she needed to have done that, you know, because we got some awesome scenes after that with those two. The Sin fan of me doesn't, is like, you know, is is kind of on the fence about it. It's like, you know, it's wrong, it's wrong, and he needed, and maybe, and sometimes, you can think, well, because I didn't kill them, I did, like you just said, Peter, I didn't kill them, I didn't choke them, I didn't abuse them, I didn't really physically harm her, it's okay. And it took Sierra to tell him that's not okay. And uh-huh. I think that also translated into, you know, his overprotectiveness of Chloe and the kids. And Sierra uh-huh. now, because uh-huh. he thought, you know, okay, I've got to protect Chloe and the kids. And, you know, protecting them doesn't really right all my wrongs, but it's like a check mark in the column of dues that I need to pay. I'm never going to pay the dues. I'm never going to fix this. But it's at least it's a check mark of something that's done being I'm doing right. Which is why now I want him to be a part of I want him to be investigating this. I want I, I want Ben to at some point figure out because he is head of security. I want Ben to because you know Ben is always at the computer. He's always looking and he's always thinking. I want Ben to be the one to sort of figure out something isn't quite right with all of this, and you know, and he somehow 
hooks up with Kate and Drunk Maggie, who's my next favorite person on there, and they sort of figure out what is going on because we see Nicole looking, we see Kristen Nicole in the Demira mansion looking at that, that picture of Stefano. You know, so somehow I got a feeling if, if it hasn't been said on the spoiler, she's going to end up in that house. So I want Ben to be as part of the next go-round. That's part of what he's doing as, you know, is he, he helps figure it out. He sees something that he tells somebody and they put two and two and get five. Let me um, – Yeah, that was the one thing I didn't add, add was that I would like that too as, as far as, like, I agree with you. I'd like to see him, um, you know, get, you know, more involved with that. I, I do love the fact that he said just one last thing um, because you guys were talking about it, um, that I think that also um, with her pointing out um, that violence is violence and then the whole Chloe thing and, and all that, it seems like he he even said uh, recently that with Marlena, I think just that, you know, he, he, he can only try to be a good person and he wants it. I think didn't he even say something like he, wa- he wants to be able to do some good or do mm-hmm. some, you know, do, mm-hmm. you know, to do good in the world or do, mm-hmm. I don't remember what his exact line is. So it's like, I feel like he is going to be that person and hopefully mm-hmm. we continue to see that, you know, be that protector, mm-hmm. be that, you know, person mm-hmm. who's going to want to constantly, um, you know, save or, you know, just, you know, help, which is, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, a stark contrast to, of course, what he had done in the past. Go ahead. Um, (laughs) Let me jump in real quick and introduce the two two new people that just moved into Sin City. Sharice, are you with us? I am. I'm sorry I'm so late. (laughs) Well, sorry. I I am. I'm we had a hell of a time getting you on here, but we had, we figured it out, and, I, and it helps Kim as well. And so that's why if anybody's in chat and hasn't having trying to call in, and I'm not seeing you, let me know because um, Kim and uh, and Kim's here as well. Kim and Charisse had to call in as a guest for some reason. I wasn't seeing the microphone. You guys had your hands raised, but for some reason I couldn't pick you up. Talk show is real, real pleasant of all days, really. Um, <laughs> don't they know this is a anniversary? Um, right. Since you're jumping in late, Sharice, I know that, I mean, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but I believe I remember from our previous conversations, you came to Days for Sin? Yes, I kept seeing it online all the time, um, just because I follow a lot of soap stuff, because I'm a huge GH and ABC, have always been a huge ABC fan, Um, and then I just kept hearing about Sin, and I happened to, like, just Google Sin scenes, and it just happened to be, like, all of them in in a row so I saw it right from like when she fell off of the motorcycle and started watching days well watching all their scenes and then started watching days from there so then you've been nice enough to give me like background on a lot of the other characters so that was very helpful and now I'm a days fan (laughs) so so you were never one of those that watched and left and came back so you were you were totally new Totally new. I only knew Days of Our Lives from Joey Tribbiani being Drake Ramore, and that wasn't even a real character. <laughs> I remember that. Daphne will tell you I did the same thing. Well, she would have watched it before, but then she was out for years, and when she got back in, she, was, she would ask me questions, and I'm like, As you, anybody that knows me knows I like Candace. We'll, we'll talk soaps 24-7. This is why we do this. We've been at this for six years, so, and I've always said to people, anything to... 
to um, promote the genre. That's what we do. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, because we wouldn't want you to miss out on all, all this fun. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I appreciate Carrie too for all the help she's in. Never one time did she tell me to go look it up or or send me a link to something. She was I was like, Well, who is this? Well, who is this Rex person? Well and when she said I was like, Alien, why are you calling him Mort? You know, who is this and who is that? <laughs> and you know, Carrie always, you know, was with Days and me, you know, helping me with Days and G H and and all of that stuff, and, you know, so I wanted to thank you for, and for pulling me in, and drawing me out, and for all of the stuff that you do with this stuff, so. Yeah, that's right, because you, you started out as a chat room troller, too, I had to pull mm-hmm. you in, and, and I, yes. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I harangued you enough where it worked. Um, so, yes, and now I'm a regular, she tells me. <laughs> oh, of course, that's right. Hey, I was waiting to start the show till I saw y'all. I'm like, I wasn't doing this. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me just, um, we had talked about favorite scenes, funniest scenes, and favorite romantic scenes. Um, you want to share some of yours, Cherise, favorite scenes and funny scenes and romantic scenes? Um, I don't know what was shared so far, but my favorite funny scene is when um, they're in the, I think it's in the cabin, and she she needs help with her foot, and she, like, gets ticklish and kicks him. That's, like, mm-hmm. I can rewatch that all the time. That makes me so laugh. Um, so that's one of my one of my favorite scenes. Um, for romantic scene, I agree the sponge bath is a good one. So I'll just go with the majority on that one. <laughs> but thing I would change, um, sorry, I was, like, listening to everyone. Um, one thing I would say is that, I, I mean, I, I get that that Jordan's his sister and that Clyde is, you know, the father. I'd like to know more about the mom or maybe another relative come to days or something. I mean, and who wants more characters? But I just think he needs to have more roots. Um, it'd be great if it was something like that. I said the same thing. I would be fine if they make his mother tied to the Demeris somehow. And for me personally... I just want to know his mother's name so I can know what their first daughter's name is going to be. It's just, it's just me. Um, and, and like you said, you were listening. Feel free, like I said, because I may forget something. Did, is, was there anything else that we talked about that you wanted to jump in on? Let's see, romantic moments, uh, pacing, any of that? Um, pacing, I think, has I, – I like that it was such a, like a slow burn. It's been since last year, and they're just, you know, just recently got – to be physical and stuff like that. I, I like the I like the way that they've paced them out. So I, I have no complaints about that. I just um I just I like um somebody else had said something about they like more like like for it to be you know, it's like one day they're here and then the next day you don't see them for a week and that type of thing. I agree. It's just like kind of wonky. So it would be great to have like a better schedule of when we're seeing them. So in other words we can have less Mork and Mindy and more sin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or more savvy. I like savvy too. I've now become a savvy fan. So. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, see, Tia, we got you one. We got you another one. <laughs> and, and you know what's interesting about another savvy, savvy versus another savvy, another savvy. Okay, we're, we're right. getting the club going. Well, and it's interesting because they're both compelling and hot for different reasons. Ben and Sierra were more the slow, traditional, old-school romance where 
where um, I find like Stabby is kind of, and God forgive me, so I might get killed for using this analogy, the car somewhere I hate you, but then they have sex, and I think it obviously will turn to something eventually. Forgive me mm-hmm. for using the Carson analogy. Yes, Carrie, and, and let me just say, since we're talking about Stabby, for those <coughs> fans that are listening that refuse to be Stabby fans because of what Stefan did to Abigail, Ron did an interview. So once again, the brilliance of Ron. Ron never wanted Stefan with Abigail. He always wanted Tyler Christopher and Stefan with Chloe and then Gabby. He, just like he foresaw sin, he foresaw the connection between Stefan and Gabby's character. The powers that be chose to put him in Abigail's orbit with Chad, and we know the rest is history. So even though it, it's done and you don't have to forget it, but to me that's even more reason to just embrace the couple And because had it just started from the beginning, we see what we're getting now. So <laughs> they're both... For me- the reason why I could kind of like Stabby only is because this is not a love story right now. To me, if they just fell in love, I think I wouldn't have been a fan. I would be like, this is some terrible watching nonsense. Come on now. <laughs> to me, because she knows how bad he is, and then she's trying to play him, and she's going to fall most likely in the process. To me, that's interesting. And, I couldn't have this thought of it. And that's story. a good point to you. And the fact that it's, it's her going after him, I'm all for that, given what – you know, he mm-hmm. and the he other did. one did mm-hmm. to her life. While mm-hmm. I really, and, and I'm and, and I'm one of those people. I wasn't Team Gabby or Abby. I'm kind of Switzerland in the middle. But being that it's him, mm-hmm. he's not going to see it coming. He deserves everything. I'm sorry. So I know. Um, and, and what makes them good is they are a totally different couple than sin. And mm-hmm. that's what yep. sort of makes yeah. it makes it it good because I, I I'm to the point now where I'm not liking the old eighties trope formula. You know, bad bad guy meets girl, meets girl, meets innocent girl who's got rainbows and lollipops. Mm-hmm. A traumatic mm-hmm. event or something happens to her. She withdraws they meet, they fall in love, but they can't get together because, you know, it's against all ours and the powers around them are trying to force them away, blah, blah, blah. I like the fact that both of these couples, they defy, they are hugely popular, but they defy what you normally have known as a super couple. You know, mm-hmm. it redoes, it redefines the word, and I'm, 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 Peter, you said it once before, I think, a while back. We may need to ditch that term super couple because mm-hmm. not all super couples are the – it's not – if this is a different world, a different time we're mm-hmm. living in, you know, mm-hmm. a, to me, a couple can be – you can have thin stabbies. They are totally different, and they're both compelling to watch. You can have when, – when I say bromances – where you've got the two guys who are the best friends, like Bill and Justin, to me, that's a couple. That's, that's, a, that's a super couple, but it's a, different, it's a different form. You know, so you can have these two, you can have the two villains who are going after each other, but they got chemistry and they got dynamic. So to me, it needs to be something that's different. If you've got chemistry and dynamic and it's a good story, and it's two people, regardless of it's same sex, opposite sex, they're best friends, it's a bromance, it's a what. To me, it needs to encompass all of that because all of that is good TV. It's good watching. It's good story. I love to watch Bill and Justin when they're plotting together to doing something. You know, I'm loving being 
and um, Sierra. I'm loving Stabby. You know, I'm loving, you know, sometimes when you get that quad, you know, where you, and it's like the Leo and Sunny and Will. To me, that was good, but I, we don't have what's called super couples. I think the time of super couples is gone, and we're getting a modern, a modern couple. Right. It's re- the term is redefined yeah. because redefined, because yeah. although although with days, I will say, well, I agree it's redefined, but days does keep it more traditional than the rest. Like I said earlier mm-hmm. in the show, and this kind of fits into what um, with you, Sharice. For those who are not familiar with days and how they do things, you get your John and mm-hmm. Melania, Stephen, Kayla. When they have a super couple, they ride them for decades. Doesn't mean they, they always mm-hmm. have smooth sailing. When they're both mm-hmm. alive on in this side of the dirt, mm-hmm. they stay together. And mm-hmm. and when you think about every couple, and even and hell, they've even made a viable. When I was on a hiatus at one point, came back and Maggie was married to Victor. I'm like, Maggie's married to who? So um, how did she get Kim- married to Victor? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Ki- Kimberly, I know you were trying to get in, and we had that little glitch. So um, anything you wanted to, that we were going over that you want to jump in on, go ahead. Um, yeah, so I just have, um, I'll make it really quick, <laughs> but um, the, my funniest thing, a favorite funniest scene was when he was eating the cereal in the loft, of course, and then when he asked Trip for almond milk, <laughs> when Trip slammed the sweet cereal on the counter for him, <laughs> and then, <laughs> that was like really funny, and so then um, what I would add, I wouldn't change anything, what I would add um, is just Ben being a Demera. I don't know how they would fit it in, but just finding out he's a Demera somehow. I think that'd be so soapy. It would it'd be great. Um, and then my most romantic scene, aside, of course, from their lovemaking scene, I would say is when she stormed into the mansion and was telling him, you know, she missed him and wanted them to be back together. And she said she couldn't imagine her life without him. And then this really got me, too, at the very end of that scene when she said, stop trying to make my decisions for me. Ben, just be with me. And when she said that, he grabbed each side of her face one hand at a time, and they became just like lost in each other's soul and kissed. I just about died. So that, I just thought that was just the sweetest thing ever in life. So that's all I wanted to add. <laughs> and then and the, the, the continuation of that is when he brought her home and then they started to make out and he's pulling right. back. And, and then he's like, at one point right. she's like talking to him and then he's like, he says, okay, I get it. She's like, no, you're single. But like you said, that one of the funniest, the gangrene, too. When she goes over and tells, if you don't go to the hospital, you're going to get gangrene. I still, I can watch oh, that yeah. all day and laugh my ass <laughs> Gangrene. Right. And to answer your question about how to make him a Demera, because it's funny because on the podcast on Sunday, we've all been saying we want Ben to be a Demera. And I used to mm. say I, mm-hmm. he could be Christian and John's son that Christian thought was dead that turned her into a villain. But Carrie said that, you know, because I was thinking, he, you know, that he can be a demure through one of Stefano's daughters. And Stefano had a daughter, for those who wasn't watching the show back then, named Megan, who would try to come between Bo and Hope. She hated Hope, and she wanted to kill Hope oh. and be with Bo, and it backfired on her. Larry Welch, for those who know Bo and Hope, who also, her and Larry were plotting, because Larry wanted Hope and Megan wanted Bo. So what better than to have him not only be a Demira, but be the son of um, Hope's enemy? Because Hope, he and Hope already oh, have history. That's so interesting. That's how we can make him a Demira. <laughs> That'd be great. I don't think that that's would work, because if, Megan Demira is actually his his mother. Then that makes Megan Demira also Jordan's mother, and that would mean that Jordan slept with her half uncle. 
Yeah, that was going to ask that because I'm like, well, isn't that so, isn't that a problem though? She, she Unless, doesn't have to be Jordan's mother. She could just be Ben's mother because that could be one of the reasons why Clyde has such an issue with Ben because he's not really Ben's biological father. Why that relationship is so broken? <coughs> well, as of right now, it's the, they'd have to rewrite though because as of right now, they have the same mother, but. but but you know what, Stefano yeah. has kids, they could invent, a, like, it, or even a sister, and I, like, I don't even necessarily care, because making him a Demera also but gives you, the Brady versus Demera thing, so it doesn't even... They rewrite parentage, they, they rewrite things all the but time. You know, <laughs> but you know, yeah. Kristen, Kristen and Peter are not biological. Biological, parents. right. So, yeah. so she could be, they could be somehow... A Demera, I mean, because Kristen and Peter and them associate themselves with Demeras. So Jordan, their mom could be just like that. You know, their mom could be Kristen and Peter's mom. Or somehow, that's how you get them hooked into being a Demera, you know, or well, something to better, that effect. they could finally decide that Chad isn't really a Demera because he doesn't act like one. Um, but yeah. I was actually <laughs> wanting to comment on something that was said a little bit earlier about one thing that wanted to be changed with the Gabby kidnapping. And I had to kind of do some mental gymnastics when that was happening to try and make it make sense. Because <laughs> it was like totally left field. But I came up with the possibility that maybe he was still in survival mode. Because we had seen him going all over town, working so hard trying to get some kind of job some way to live outside of being stuck on a bench and he'd been kicked out of the homeless shelter and everything like that. And we've seen all of this and all of his struggle in that sense. And so he went into to survival mode trying to get a job and he finally, you know, using that survival mode, managed to find himself a job. And so maybe he was still so deep in the survival mode, kind of like what you said earlier, I think it was Peter. Um, mm-hmm that he was still so deep in survival mode that he hadn't turned that fl- that switch off. And he had kind of had tunnel vision. Just do whatever you're told as long as you're not being violent. Do whatever you're told as long as you're not, you know. And, and so he, the line that he placed was something very, you know, concrete when it's kind of a shade of gray to kidnap Gabby for someone else's behalf. And because he was still so much in survival mode, he, the, the, the fine details of things just did not register. Also, I mean, he was a trained murderer. Like, his, his father trained him to be a murderer. His lines and his black and white and his shades of gray are going to be so different from the average person's because he was warped from a young age. The fact that he's such a, you know, genuinely soft, kind person at heart is downright, like... Mm-hmm shocking to me because like it, you would think because because the way that he was twisted from such a young age normally that would twist you for the rest of your life and that would you know form all of your morals and you that that softness that kindness that that gentleness that he portrays would not be a natural part of a person like that but the fact that he has that in him and that that's his core despite how his father tried to twist him it is kind of miraculous. But no, I think I, I kind of twisted it in my head that he wasn't so deep in survival mode that he didn't stop to think about the possible negative impact of what he was doing. 
So that was something I had wanted to add. I'm back out of it. Agreed. I still think there was a better way to, to show that, but that's what they did, and so we'll <laughs> yeah, I agree. And we'll I live with it. It went to the most extreme, and that's what I said. Like, all, I think a lot of Sin fans hate it, but then at the same token, yes, it, it was. There's other ways to show that, but yeah, like I said, the, how I ju- not even justify it, but make it okay was that moment with Sierra. It's kind of like he has to literally be, like you said, retrained. Like Clyde trained him to be for lack of a better word, a murderer, since he was seven years old. So he, he's being actually, like, repro, like deprogrammed, kind of like someone who served in the military or, like, a CIA agent who has to be debriefed or deprogrammed from his life, and he's literally learning how to be a normal human being because he's never been that before. And, and that's why I love in this scene uh, this week when Eve confronts them again, when Eve comes to, you know, to the table when him and Sierra is sitting there. When Eve starts on him, the way he grabs Sierra's hand, I thought he was going to break her hand off. Like, he literally starts just grind, holding her hand so tight. And I love, like, I don't know if that was intentionally written in. I don't know if that was, once again, one of their ad-libs that they do so fabulously a lot, and the show kept it. But, and he just didn't say anything, and he just held, because you could tell he wanted to defend himself. Because here's my past again. I can't escape it. Leave it to good old Sierra to go and, and defend them, which I love. But and and that's it. He's like he's. We see the element of him <laughs> saying, you know, I want to be normal, but can I ever be normal? And now here it is that every time I try to think I'm normal because yep. I'm with a girl I love, I'm reminded that I'm not normal. That's true. Yep. It's 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 something that he's it's gonna deal with him every day. There's no escaping it. And it's also interesting, like you and you said it on Sunday. If if you know if she's with him, if she doesn't defend him, then he's got no shot. And I remember one of the things he said too that was pretty sad at some point when the whole fire thing came up again, and he had said to her, I'm afraid that you're going to start doubting me again. She said, that that won't happen. I'm like, I'm like I, I kind of was like, oh, here we go again. But she had reassured him that, no, that's not going to happen. I know you would never hurt me. <clears throat> so I think... Um, I really thought that was going to be a precursor to him actually hurting her. Because, you know, sometimes they do that as like a foreshadowing. Is to, the more adamant they are that they wouldn't do something, the more it comes out that they end up doing it. You know, and I really, I, the way they kept harping on it, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to have him do something to her. Damn it. <laughs> I think, I, I, probably the only reason I thought that it wouldn't was because, I mean, like, like, and she said this in the cabin, you can't hurt me more than I'd already been hurt. I mean, the poor girl was already raped. What more are you going to do to her? I think that would have been too much for that particular character, and that was such a, a impactful line too. You can't hurt because what did he say? When she, one of the times when she said she didn't want to leave, he's like, he's like, "Do you have a death wish?" She's like, "No, <laughs> no, I don't." <laughs> but keep in mind, it's exactly, not only was she raped, but she was raped by her stepbrother, someone who you consider family. Like she trusted Chase, and then Bo. Remember everything that happened with Bo, thinking that Bo was dead or had left Hope. I forget the storyline. Did they think he was dead when they found when Steve well, no, found what, him on the boat? No, what happened? Okay. What happened was he went out. She had told him he went on um, 
assignments. And at, at that point, he was um, away for years. And then when, when Peter Reckle came back, they wrote it that he was obviously held against his will. But at the time, she's grown up as a teenager. And she, in her mind, she's putting these assignments above you know, her and all she knows is he's gone for years on end. And it's funny when she made that comment about when I was young and in middle school and all that. And, then, and she even said her mom went crazy, went to jail. Yeah. F-Face did a lot of bad things, too. Did some crazy shit, too. <laughs> Didn't she? Another hypocrite. You murdered Stephanie. <laughs> you know, so if anybody can understand what Ben went through, I mean, yeah, I mean, we know what he did to Bo, but, I mean, she's a murderer, too, and call, look, calling the kettle black. But she had her lapdog to help her clean it up. Did I just say that out loud? Oops. Which lap dog? She has several. Help. She has several Reef. lap dogs helping her clean that one Listen, up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, and, and then Shane was running around in a Stefano mask to prove that, that um, he's alive when he's really not. Shane and John ran around yeah. in that Stefano mask. <laughs> yeah, I think Steve was a part of that too, right? Yeah, Steve mm-hmm. was a part of All that. All of them. Marlena, Marlena, Kayla, Steve, um, Shane. John. Oh, they, Marlena and Kayla knew about that too. I forget about that. Yeah, they know about it because remember Marlena went to the prison, to and that was her and Joseph Mascalo's last scene together, and he couldn't speak, um, and she went to the prison to pretend mm. like she was going to say a final goodbye to Stefano, even though she knew it was John in the mask. He, he was the best villain ever. So I think. Please um, not make me cry. Why not? Yeah, I, <laughs> Come on. I know, and I love it that it was those two, like the show deliberately, you know, because those that wasn't watching, Ste- Stefano has kidnapped Marlena more times than she died. <laughs> so, more times than she know, married John Black? More times than she married John Black, more, more times, times than she died. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we'll, uh, so I think to wrap it up and close, I mean, we kind of already said this, but I guess we'll maybe just kind of reiterate. What, well, oh, actually, no, wait a minute. We forgot one, one, one category. This is probably going to be an, an easy one, but we have to talk about Even though I think all of us are in agreement, not that we want it now because it's still too soon the way they did this whole pacing, but a, pro, a proposal. I think the most common one obviously has to do with fortune cookies mm-hmm. and, and him being yeah. on a knee. And I just need it not to happen yeah. in a Sanford and Son parlor, though. They need to go elsewhere because that, that, that room is just on my last nerve. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think... If we get a proposal, if we get a proposal, it needs to be the Chinese cookie, and it needs to be in the park where they've had their first meeting. I was it thinking the same thing outside in December. December. It, yeah, and it needs to be December where they are having, you know, one of their... Um, Chinese food dates and they're on the park bench with the blankets and stuff. That's where the proposal needs to be from. I mean, it, that's, you know, I don't want it to be at the cabin or any other place because to me that was, that bench was there. It's one of their most romantic and it's their first date. Mm-hmm. Ellie, we've got a park bench for a period of time. <laughs> um, I was actually going that to That sounds say, good to me as long as there's no Phoenix and Dragons little statue. I'm cool. Well, it's funny, Sharice, you say that because <laughs> when I first saw the Chinese food, you know damn well, I'm like, 
I have a very bad reaction to Chinese food because when I see that, I think of a, the couple on the other show. So the only the good thing is, uh, Ben and Sierra have made it, Chinese food okay for me to look at because yeah, uh, when I saw the Chinese food, I'm like, oh Christ, no, don't do this to me. Um, you can go to McDonald's. No, we can't do that either because the orange head goes to McDonald's. We have Wendy's, Taco Bell somewhere. But I'm actually but, one of those fans that want the cabin proposal. Like, the, the park bench would be cute, but I, because the cabin is kind of the beginning of their love story. Like, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, actually their little love nest. Like, it's, it kick-started all of this, and then he, you know, have it fixed up, like, really romantic or maybe trick her to come there and, and then propose to her, like, where it all began. And then it will clean up the bad energy of what he did to Chad and Abigail. Only on one condition. He leaves the lighter home. <laughs> well, I think Claire has the lighter now, so between Claire and Eve, she doesn't have the lighter anymore. Lord. Oh, God, that's the one thing I, I – if I ever have to hear the word fire again, I, it will never be too soon. I think, yeah, definitely when he, when he said he just, she deserves some place romantic, so he's got to dress up, dress them up, and bring them somewhere. Maybe, maybe by that point, Atma will let him get a reservation, you think? No, probably that not. Was, that was a funny line, too, when she's like, who would be insane enough to go out with you? And he's like, he's like, you mean insanely beautiful? I'm like, and then she's like, over my dead body, don't get any ideas. That's pretty funny. But I love how respectful he was to Julie. Like, she's oh, I know. It, like, like, every name. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, and she's like, he's like, ma'am. ma'am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, we're all booked right. up. He's like, I see a lot of, t- I, I see a lot of spaces. And then her, but and then Sam's reaction, too. Sierra's reaction, too, she was like, what, she's basically telling him, what are you, stupid for thinking you're going to get a reservation at my grandparents' right. restaurant? But then again, they own every damn restaurant in town. I always thought that that was like smart of him. <laughs> I always kind of thought that that was really smart of him to go there because it's showing that, you know, he, I mean, they could be watching over them the whole time. So you want me to take her somewhere where you don't know where she is? And you mm-hmm. say that you're scared of me. You said mm-hmm. I'm a serial mm-hmm. killer. Wouldn't you want me right there under your nose? No? <laughs> Please, mm-hmm. Aunt Ma would be dropping the spaghetti on his lap. Mm-hmm. But you know what man's your granddaughter? I never thought of it. <laughs> so that, that would have been hilarious, like, and it would have made an awesome date. Uh, but, yeah, okay. If yeah, he, like, like fed you know, her in I front love... of Julie like that, oh, my God. But I love... <laughs> Sierra's conversation with Julie because she that whole conversation was had been been with the audience and what I've been singing. Why does Abby, who has mental illness, who also killed somebody, I don't mm-hmm. care if it was in self defense, if you look at it on paper, she killed somebody. Why does oh, Daphne slippery slope? I I know, I know, I know. But I'm, I'm just saying, I love that conversation that they had because it was a conversation that needed to be had, you know, because it was voicing what the audiences were saying, you know. And I like how she, she sort of stumped Julie a little bit because she was good, like, about all this and this and this is what he got. And, and she says, but so does girl, Abby. Why does Abby and mind you. Because if it had mm-hmm. been me, I would have had her bring up Nick. Well, I was just going to say, and mind you, Aunt Ma acts like Nick never so much as jaywalk, let alone tortured Gabby. She acts like Nick, Nick, like Christmas. 
which is why I like when when Gabby puts her in a place a little bit and tells you uh-huh. know, told her, if you don't do out, you know, you, next time you might not survive that fall down the stairs, you know. And, <laughs> and so she's kind of, those are the little things that I like. But that was a conversation that I think needed to be had because a lot of <laughs> us were, ha- were having that, you know. One person gets, gets, you know, gets a buy, gets a pass. It's, you know, we all encompassed her. She spent three months, you know, with her grandma, and all of a sudden, hallelujah, it's a miracle. But Ben, who has, even though it's worse, he spent several years in a mental facility. You know, even Marlena has deemed he is, he is sane, you know, he is in things, but he doesn't get the same path. And, and so that's I why loved, I love that conversation that they had. And it was a neat when, conversation. Whenever I get into that debate, I don't talk about him killing because that's not in debate. It, like you said, if people want to drag the past and what he did, we're talking yes. about getting the benefit of the doubt once you've been proven mm-hmm. to be sane. And even Marlena, one of the things that one of the things that I like that Marlena said back in the day when Sarah had gotten out of the hospital. Hope was all frantic, and, he, and she's like, well, Hope, I saw her when she came in, the splint, the whole bit. She couldn't have done that herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and Marlena's and always definitely... been the one to, you know, see past, see, see, understand someone with mental issues better than anyone, and the least hypocritical of the bunch. She's always been But I person. think she's like, had Jean, to... Dean was like her well, was best like, friend, and he yeah. was uh, up for murder, and that's mm-hmm. how Samantha got her middle name. But like, she loved her, some Gene, and she fought for mm-hmm. him like to the bitter end because they tried, they tried him mm-hmm. so hard, and she was not letting mm-hmm. it happen under any circumstances. So Marlena, you know, for decades has been that person, and I, I, mm-hmm. it really pissed me off when they had her, like, throw him under throw the him bus under the bus. Free. Mm-hmm. Oh, because that was yep. completely out of character for her. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not who Marlena has ever been. She's always been the one that that is like, especially with her patients, ethical to a fault, because she mm-hmm. wants to be given the benefit of the doubt, so she gives the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, that's who Marlena's always been. So when they had her do that. That pissed me off almost more <coughs> than the, the Gabby thing. I was like, excuse me. Well, the thing that pissed me off about that is if she really – here's the thing. I agree with you, but where I'll make the distinction is if she thought he was a danger to Sierra, then fine. But then in the next breath, she said, but I don't think he was a danger. Well, then what did you open your mouth for? If she truly thought that, well, then, yeah, by all means, sing like a canary. But then in the next breath, she said she didn't think he was a danger. I'm like, well, then what did you – betray him for and I'm actually kind of that just goes to show you how desperate he is because he's going to the two-faced quack again yeah Yeah. and it pisses me off because normally if she said I don't think he's a danger she would have stood in that and there's nothing Mm -hmm. you could have done to make her speak hope could have thrown every tear duct she got at her and she would have kept her mouth shut so I that really pissed me off that for that for a character that we've known for decades to be one of the most, if not moral, because she has her moments, but if if not moral, then then principled people on this show. That is one of her inviolate principles. If she is her her oath of office uh, of of her medical 
oath. You know, number one, first, do no harm. Two, to keep those confidences unless it may cause danger to others. That has been something that's been inviolate for her for years, decades. And now, all of a sudden, for a plot point, you have her completely throw out a major portion of her personality? Like, that boggled yeah, my because mind. because... pissed me off to, like, my eyes were red. I was tearing up. I was furious about that because I'm like, if she thought he was dangerous, I would have been fine. If she didn't mm-hmm. think he was dangerous and kept her mouth shut, I'd be fine. But the fact that she acknowledged that he was not dangerous in her mind and then spilled anyway, I was livid. And not with her, but with the writing. Because it was plot point writing instead of character driven. And if they had stayed in character, they could have still gotten things done. Hope could have still overreached. You know, she could have claimed, you know, someone else could have said that they saw such and such and she would have put him in jail for breathing too hard anyway. So it would have been fine. They could have still made it happen, you know, because she overreached plenty of times before that. She could have overreached again. Mm-hmm. But the fact yeah, that... Yeah, because that got, they, you that got me because you remember the beginning when <sighs> she t- said that, that Ben was saying and Martin Pope got so upset with her for saying that and was trying to convince her to just for the safety of the people of Salem say he's not and whole and Marlena was like I can't say that I can't I can't I can't do that and I was like okay so we get that but then all of a sudden this is what you're going to do to me that was just a, to me a lapse a, a, a miss a misfire in the writing yes I- I'm going to stop talking because I'm getting pissed all over again. <laughs> build off what uh, Tony was saying for a minute. The session that Ben had with Marlena when he was off his meds and was, like, feeling very on edge after he and Sierra broke up. Like, the way Marlena left it, she said, you know I'm here for you. Like, it, you know, I almost felt like she wanted to mother him in that moment, like, guide him. And then she went and... She deserved the two-faced quack comment, like, the way she completely, like, mm-hmm. other than Sierra, Marlena was the one other person that Ben trusted, and she completely, you know, you know, like, I think Ben said something to Jordan about patient, patient, doctor patient confidentiality is a myth, or he said something funny about that, you know, like, that, that pissed me off, because she said, like, she didn't think he took Sierra, and, like, if she did, then she was within her right to say something. And what you were saying about how when Hope wanted Marlena to say something to stop Ben from being released, I think she said something about she had one opinion personally, but professionally she can't say that Ben shouldn't be released because in her professional opinion, he is sane. Personally, she probably didn't want to see him on the street. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point because she, you know, she was asked to to evaluate as a doctor, and she had to call it as she saw it. She she took she was professional, you know. She didn't put her personal feelings in her evaluation. She was like, okay, from a psychiatrist standpoint, he's sane. He, I'm he <laughs> victim was my grandson. That you know, I, I I'm not okay with, but 
And did she, correct, now, refresh my memory, did she see him more than once, or did she just evaluate him the one time? No, I think it was just the one time, because I think after Bayview's doctor said he was uh, stable to be released, I think that's when Hope sent Marlena. So I think that Thinking was she was going to keep him, yeah, and it backfired, because file, like, file something, like, saying that he's faking it. Right. It actually backfired because she was hoping Marlena would actually say, nope, you got to keep him locked Right, up. so Marlena concurred with Bayview's doctors. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hope's head almost exploded then, you know, and he wasn't oh, even I... in her daughter's orbit yet. Oh, I know. Yeah, and that's why she never even showed up for the wedding. And she made up that excuse about, oh, I have to go out of town for blah, blah, blah. But everybody knew it was because she was in her feelings about Hope, you know, about Marlena letting, uh, allowing him to get out because everyone knows that, you know, professionally Marlena's word is to be trusted because she's always, yeah, she's always been trustworthy professionally speaking. And I think Marlena even said that to her, either her or somebody else. She said, you you never, you know, that, that dialogue was said. I just don't know who said it to whom when they said, you never, I think it must've been to her. You never doubted my uh, professional opinion before. It's like, yep. Now, because it suits you, you want to discount her opinion. Yeah, it's trying to self-diagnose Ben, uh, your daughter is having Stockholm Syndrome and all this other crazy mess. Girls, you don't hop in the damn paddy wagon and go somewhere. But actually, Ooh. but you know what, though? That's in a situation. But actually, that didn't bother me because, like I said, as a mother, my, my issues with Hope as a mother, even, when, even towards recently when she had the cops, when she just started, when, when Ben finally got his Sanford and Son living room over there, she had um, the cops trailing Sierra. And as a mother, I'm okay with that. It's her position as commissioner that I didn't like. But, I mean, as a mother, when she just comes home and she thinks she sees her daughter defending him, her reaction to me wasn't out of bounds at that point as far as, holy crap, why are you defending him? You know what he did? Well, it's the stuff afterwards when... Rafe that, tried to tell her nothing was tying him. Too. But my, my problem is she never made the separation between herself as a, a mom and herself as a commissioner. Oh, ab- and, yeah, that's my... So, like, I, everything that she does, it's hard for me to make the separation because it's always Commissioner Hope Brady Sierra's mom that everything she does is. So, like, when she was doing that, she was doing it not just as, as, you know, Sierra's mom. She was doing it as Commissioner Brady. So she was, she was trying to keep him locked up as Commissioner Brady, which is, you know, those cops trailing Sierra, that was completely illegal. That was an invasion of her daughter's privacy. That was a complete Even abuse if, of power. That, too. Lord have mercy, that woman. But, um... <laughs> Well, I even like the little nuance when she came in with the guns drawn, and even and it just just our second nature and reaction then put himself like shielding her from her own mother with a gun. Even that little thing back then, last summer, it was like holy cow, look at him! He's even he's even protecting her and shielding her then. And that was beautiful. Absolutely, like, everything everything about them is. True. It's when it, like I'll just kind of. It was so hard to. It's so hard to narrow it all down because every damn thing they've done is so good. <laughs> Very. Well, true. you were talking about in July <laughs> when Hope comes busting in with the gun, 
and yeah. he's got a gun on him, and he still helps Sierra up. It's like the, it's like I love it. The necktie killer is the most shiver, <laughs> shiver has the most chivalry. I can't say that word in Salem. I can't say that word. <laughs> right, it's like he didn't even say. It was, you know, it was like, like instinct. He's a gun drawn on him. He could just get up and get like the hell away from Sierra. But no, he turns away from Hope and is pulling Sierra up because you know she's still have the yeah. uh, broken leg at that point. Mm-hmm. And I will say one thing. I'm sorry, Ben, but you used the last of her shampoo last summer. You don't do that to a woman. Have you seen her hair? I mean, and I was thinking, yes, it smells last... so girly. <laughs> <laughs> Like her, like girl, you know, for her wild hair. Yeah, like, and then when he, well, how about the time too? Another funny one was when he said it takes her an hour to do her hair. Oh he, my god, he I must love have that. been on that couch every time mm-hmm. she came down when he was sleeping on that couch for that short time. His one eye must have been open. Right. <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna say, speaking of her hair, I liked how they have sort of morphed Sierra from this goth chick who, you know, wasn't girly, wasn't was the makeup that she wore was, you know, the goth, the dark, the hair is like everything. And, you know, like after she started dating Tripp, you know, there was that whole scene where Tripp comes into her room and she's putting on perfume. And he comments, well, you never wore perfume. And she's like, well, you were allergic to it. So you've seen her now. She's morphing. She's becoming, I think she's becoming comfortable in her sexuality, and she's becoming a little girly. When I say a little girly, I don't mean little girly. I mean, she's becoming more, she's dressing more. I didn't know she had a figure, to be quite honest. When she put that dress on, I'm like, holy cow. Because she wore that leather jacket to the point where I was like, I remember the cabin seat. She had that, I'm like, it is hot, and that cabin doesn't have any air, and you got that leather jacket on. You can't tell me you're not now starting to be, to be, you know, to stink a little bit with that leather jacket on, you know. And we haven't seen her with that leather jacket on in forever and, and for a long time now. You know, they've got her with earrings and she's makeup and she's got – it's like they changed her color palette. She went from the blacks and the grays mm-hmm. to now she's wearing colors, a colored out, you know, pretty colored outfit. So I like that little – that's that, like I said before, it's a little teeny nod, you know, with things. Like her style's definitely yeah. evolved. Speaking yeah. of cabin, with the with, with the leather jackets and everything, that's you know, Bo used to wear a lot of leather jackets. Even oh, yeah. her riding the motorcycle, like she's more like Bo in that regard than even Sean Douglas. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I love it that even when they had the motorcycle scene, she was the one who drove the motorcycle. Like Ben had to be in the back, and what he called mm-hmm. her, like what a speed demon or something and she's like maybe (laughs) i just want to hold on tighter and it works and i will say one thing that always i find funny too is you mentioned the cabin dap when she went to his house and she was going to stay over he grabbed that shirt out of the night table and i've I've said this to you privately i'm convinced that dude been sleeping with that thing wrapped around him for for ever Mm -hmm. since he came she came out of that cabin she just happened to have it over in the nightstand it wasn't with the rest of his clothes. It was in the the nice. I said either that or that he, was in the nice. He, he put it there, like trying to wait and see. But he wasn't wrapping it around him like a blanket, baby. Mm-mm. That's right. Her scent was still on that. The nice stand is where the washcloth goes. You know. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and then and then you have the when he saw her in the shirt and the pillow. Oh my God. The pillow over the oh, face. He streamed into the pillow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I will say the one the one thing I find strange is after they made love and said the I love you for the first time when he went out the next day to, to, to hunt down the drug lords or whatever I find it a little strange he didn't at least get the I love you because he's going out in a dangerous situation now that they've said it you, you know they're a couple I find it a little odd that you don't get that periodically and, and I love you is, is it me no it's not you no it's no, not, like, not you I'm like, okay, because I'm like... I mean, at least give us one. Just throw us a bone once in a while. We don't, we don't well, especially when he was going out into a dangerous five. situation, you'd, say, you'd think, okay, you know, you, that would be the time to say it, because, I mean, in theory, you don't know if you're coming back. Right. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Stefan better watch his lips the way he talks about him scrubbing toilets, because if Sierra hears him, he will be in trouble. Well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I Absolutely. I was so for uh, Sierra ripping Stefan a new one for that. Like, oh yeah, me like, too. I, like I like I, 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 like, I went into a whole rant on Twitter about like, okay, I get he wants someone to blame, but it's not Ben, especially because he gave him the freaking night off and had to fight Ben on it. You're like, I, I could rant on that for like an hour. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> and I'm not one that normally likes those, you know, standard old stupid couple love songs. But I maybe maybe I'm just. Bias, but I do love the one that they play for them. Normally, I'm like, I, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, normally it's like whatever, but like that one I love, and I love like the words of it. Like there's certain words mm-hmm. where yeah. it's like, like, um, like one of it, like loving you has saved my life. Like that is so, yep. Yep. Like, like you could not have picked a more perfect like lyric for sin if you tried. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's like so many like words that like, it's amazing. And for me, leading up to the love scene, I didn't know how it would be only because she's, you know, she's young and I'm sure she hasn't been in those situations much where we know Rob has on all my children and all that. But I was, you know, and like it goes back to what we saying, her being the rape survivor, she was the aggressor and the initiator. But I do think in the love scene itself, they pushed the envelope for daytime to me. I was pleasantly surprised at how, how far they took it for daytime. Because well, even the subtleties were quite general, obvious. But for daytime, as it's been lately, it was a huge step back toward the way things used to be. Because it used to be, seems like that would happen all the time. Now, it was so it there's so much fade to black. Right. Oh gosh. And, so and, and thankfully, mm-hmm. even in her love scenes, to tr- I remember saying this at the time. Once we knew they were going to be a thing. I found it interesting, too, because even her love scene with Tripp, it was more blurred and faded, which is fine by me. I didn't need to see that. But it's like, that's why I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be interesting. But, you know, even just the, the bra, the whole bit. And then, of course, I think what I wrote down for my favorite line, when he said, and it was in the promo, we all went, that shit crazy. I've never loved anyone like this. And, you know, those of you who know me, my pet peeve is when there's a soap couple, they, they have to make, like, the current couple better than the last but in ben's case it's absolutely true that he has never loved anyone like that because other than abby mm-hmm. who have we known him to be with so in that instance it's right and and funny enough her dialogue was like she pretty much erased trip because she said with you i finally put chase behind me i'm like well okay so i guess trip didn't do it for you she just like debunked the entire like pierre relationship in that yep. comment like and be like she never thought she could have yeah. anyone love her or love her back 
obviously not trip and it was like like if you didn't know better you would think ben was her first relationship and the first person she had sex with after chase and you know what that is perfectly fine with me hey hey, we we, we, think about tiara sex again i'm good people make their own alternative reality what was that what's that saying alternative facts every day i'm here for that well i think what it was was Trip was always just her trying to be normal. It was never uh-huh. about her actually loving him or wanting him or any of that stuff. She was trying to force herself to be okay and to be past it and to be normal. And she was trying so hard to make that real that she was willing to force herself to be with someone that she wasn't ready to be with. Like... If you go back to Tripp and, and Sierra, they weren't at the sex stage when um, she went on that motorcycle. Like, they were barely touching, barely kissing. And well, she even said to like, him, what? if you think, about, if you, you remember, even in her are conversation. Are you ready for your night of passion? And, like, Julie was the one who set that whole thing in motion to even make her consider that as a possibility because she hadn't even put you know, that as a possibility for herself yet. Well, she said on the phone with Tripp when she called, she said, well, like we had two dates. She specifically said we only had two dates. And he's like, oh, the conversations don't matter. So you're right. I mean, it wasn't that far down the line. I mean, we all know at the end of the day, I mean, she had denied it at first in Aunt Ma's club, but we know the only reason she ever slept with him is because she thought Ben tried to roast her like a marshmallow. But now, you know. Thankfully, it's done and it's over with. And I don't even know who's going to live in that loft anymore because Boiler Bunny's leaving, and I don't know what, she, what she's never there. Clearly, she's never there. She's always at the gatehouse with him. But no, I mean before that, like if you ever watched, see, this was the reason I could never fully get into Tierra back when everybody else was, because my friend was trying to get me into it, and it was just not happening. Um, but, like, besides the fact that he was, like, such a misogynist creep and a fuckboy, even back then, um, it was their lack of physical contact. Like, they played it like she was still, like, the rape was still very fresh for her. And, like, he, they, they, they didn't get close to each other until, like, right before their first date. Their first kiss, they didn't actually touch bodily. Like, if you go back and look at Tierra scenes, it was some of the most awkward stuff ever before Ben ever came into the situation. So it was like she was taking baby steps and fine with that until Julie put it in her head that there might be sex. And then she started freaking out. And then she leaves, you know, because she's freaking out and comes back to him trying to nudge her niece. And then she's freaking out from that, and then she goes on a motorcycle ride and falls in love, (laughs) basically. (laughs) But, you know, it's like they never were what everybody else had decided they were. Well, I think, but I, you know, and, and, and I'm sure that's true of every couple. I mean, like anybody can see something. We all, we all kind of define our own couple. So I'm not terribly surprised about that. People act like some couples I can't stand are like the greatest thing since sliced bread. So hey, whatever. I'm just glad that they saw the writing on the wall, and that's a thing of the past. And is, you know, and <clears throat> I, I think at this point, I think Thea would be more of a threat if if there was ever to be a threat. 
Yeah, I always thought that that was the 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 Tierra versus uh, Sin that we should have gotten. You know, that would have been an actual, I think, a good triangle, because I mean, before there was ever a Ben for her to trust and have faith in and 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 have feelings for, it was Theo. So I mean, that could have been so fire. Plus, oh my gosh, he's so beautiful. I can say that because he's actually legal in real life. But he's so beautiful. <laughs> well, and to oh. me, yeah, I mean, not that I ever want to see a third party, but, like, if, if if he were to come back into town and Ben started having issues with the friendship, I'm okay with that because I'm, I'm good with jealous Ben. Like I said, as long as the neckties stay in the closet, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... It's funny when you look back, I mean, going through it was, it was some long nights and days in those droughts, but look how far we've cut now that we've actually been through and had the love scenes and I love yous. Given that all we talked about tonight and where they were in, the, in, their, in their particular past, it's, it's amazing where we've come in a year. I wonder, will we, I wonder where we'll be a year from now. Right. Um, Sin anniversary part two. And and it, and it's funny too because like they you know Robin V Robin Victoria are so good about engaging with us and everything and, and I think that's where social media plays a big part of it I think that act definitely has a part to play they see it and they can interact and of course us all being on this phone and in this chat room can gather because you know I've made friends through soaps in general and in, and sin fans and some of us have liked the same pairings and other soap but we're all enjoying it. but it's just fun i find myself having fun to just enjoy a couple again it's been a long time since i've been able to enjoy a couple and have fun with it and interact and share it with other people ain't that the truth my original mm-hmm. otc was jarly actually still is to this day for for um general hospital but like, yeah, it's been a while for me. And the the one before that, uh, the one after that was still. And you see what they do to me on that show. So we're not going to talk about that. Cause that's depressing. <laughs> oh, that one on CBS. Yeah, we yeah. we that the show that shall not be named. Thomas and Sally falling in love over a glass I, I of water. Name, now I don't name. Why? I don't speak of that by name. I just I I speak of it by couple or character. But if if it's I don't I don't I don't acknowledge it by name because it's evil it's mean and it's cool. Sometimes sometimes we sometimes we spend our time on it and sometimes we don't. <laughs> I'd I'd rather divvy the time up for other things. But I um this was this was really fun. Um I didn't know what to expect, but I thought it would be a good show, and obviously I think it turned out to be um a good show and a good time and. I think it was the right time. I I'd started thinking about it after the lovemaking scene, of course, but then I'm like, well, it's close enough to the uh, year anniversary, so I think it made the most sense to do it now. I mean, hell, I mean, like like Peter says, Peter and I and Daphne can talk sin 24-7. If you look at me on Twitter, I do. So, um, But I think this was a good milestone for them, and we'll see where their next, what the next journey is, um, whether it involves David, his past, her, this... Like I think I don't know if you said it, Peter, or we all said it. There's, there's definitely no shortage of story, and I tweeted that too. With and I want to thank obviously Greg, Days, Ron, Victoria, and 
robbed, especially because without those three in particular, th- there would be no sin. The storyline has been amazing, and the acting is is amazing. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing else you can say. I mean, I've actually run out of words. I get very repetitive to just describe how good that they are. What else can? There's no words to just keep saying it, other than just repeat it. Mm-hmm. So, any um, any final thoughts before we close out the show? I actually didn't get to say uh, what I thought for a uh, sin proposal. So if I can just say that real quick. Absolutely. What I'm picturing is Ben taking Sierra to exactly where he found her, not the cabin, but where he found her, like right off where Chad dropped him off, like where he found her unconscious. And that's where he proposes to her saying like saying like finding her, that was the start of his life. Do they get there on the bike? That was, yeah, well, if he's surprising her, he can't tell her where to go. It seems like she's always driving the bike, so. Mm, yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't know if he's allowed to take the keys. I don't know if she would allow him. Yeah, because the two times, like, like the first time after he fixed the bike, it, he was like, you're driving, okay. Yep, and then it was like the second, oh, you're a speed demon. You took that curve so fast. Yeah, I just wanted to hold tight. Yeah, like, he was like, like, he was like, you're speed, like, he was like, like, like almost like in like about to go into cardiac arrest or something. Oh, and then and then right prior to that, when she asked him to hang out, and I guess hang out means different things than when I was younger and dating and whatnot. And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> she barely she barely finished the sentence. And yeah. and then Hope's rapping on the door, and it's kind of like a see through door, and she's not stopping. I'm like, yeah, somebody's at the door. Thanks. <laughs> but I want to thank each and every one of you for spending these four and a half, five hours, whatever it's been now, with us. We couldn't do it without you. We did it for you, with you in mind. And um, I'm not sure if we're going to do the podcast on Sunday, but I'll let you know. Um, i got to get together with Sam and Candace, see what we're going to do. But um, Kimberly, Tony, um, Daphne, Peter, Tia, Sarah, Sharice, forgive me if I'm forgetting anybody that's on this phone and in this chat room at this hour. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making this a wonderful show. And I will see you all later. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. And talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.